Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week in league, David Verner's fine. No, not for impersonating a coach. Michael Jennings supplements his Panthers contract by becoming a Chris Sando impersonator. The Rabbitohs sack Toyota Cup star after Tess confirmed he is incompatible with the club. He actually has heart. And we'll review all of the action from round nine of the 2012 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 86 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. You're an angry little fucking c- <laughs> <laughs> You bring out the worst in me, what can I say? Look, just because you fucking lost 10 years of your life on Friday night with that fucking gronk fest of cats was, that you follow. Saturday night, you moron. Saturday night, whatever Can't believe you night. host a rugby league show and you don't know what's what. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to be honest, I wasn't that interested. It was, viewers, it was viewers' surprise, choice. Surprise, surprise, you don't even know what day it is. It was viewers' choice and, and guess what? I chose not to watch those two shit fucking bottom of the table sides run around, as is my prerogative. And you know what? Good. And the game was better for the lack of your presence. And you know what? Fox Imagine how should it would have been if you had Fox, watched. Foxtel elected not to show it either. So uh, it was actually for people who didn't want to use the the, the red but- viewers choice button. They actually put the other game first because they just assumed. Look, Foxtel knew it was going to be an easy win for the Tigers, and so it was. <laughs> Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, so do you have any fantastic stories of your night down the Gold Coast? Um, no, not really. There was more Tigers fans than there were Titans fans. Yeah, well, that's And the Tigers chant was actually super impressive and was drowning out every Titans chant that managed to rise up, which was great. That's a given. Trip home was a little bit interesting. Someone lobbed a handful of rocks at our car as we were doing 110 along the freeway. Whereabouts? On the Logan Motorway. Whereabouts did they do it though? Like whereabouts? Uh, just near Wembley Road, I think it was. Mm. Typical Wembley Road for people who aren't in Queensland or in Brisbane, listeners. It's pretty much like Compton, <laughs> South Central at Los Angeles. Um, it's like Ed's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Except worse. Yeah, so uh, a couple of chips in the windscreen and one bit that's taken the uh, A-pillar down to bare metal, which is fantastic. Fucking hell, that was a decent... Yeah, I thought, so, I thought I'd hit a person, man. <laughs> the yeah. noise is crazy. But we survived, and so did the Tigers. So, uh, yeah, Cruzy06 on Twitter, we know it was you. <laughs> exactly. Are we going to get that money? He probably could have thrown him from Brown's Plains and made the logo made away. Yeah. First story, David Ferner has been fined $10,000 for his referee comments. 
Canberra have been served a $10,000 breach notice by the ARL Commission after coach David Ferner criticised the referees following Sunday's NRL loss to Manly. Ferner was furious following the 18-12 loss at Brookvale Oval after his side was on the wrong end of an 8-3 penalty count. And here's his quote. What I look at is the overall penalty count, 8-3. Now, we're not nearly a three times worse side in discipline than Manly, Ferner said after the game. And the money shot, I don't think anyone expected us to come here and win. Maybe not them, referring to the referees. The commission said coaches, officials and players were able to criticise decisions, but Ferner had overstepped the mark by questioning the integrity of Jared Maxwell and Tony, Tony Delazares. Coaches have the right to criticise the referee's performance and to express their views, but questioning a match official's integrity is unacceptable, uh, Nathan McGurk said. There was a clear inference in Mr. Ferner's comments that the match officials had a predetermined view of the result of the game. Raiders got five days to respond. I don't agree with someone looking at a statistic and saying that we're not a X percent less disciplined team than our opposition. Exactly. On the day, certain things go certain ways and penalties are blown. The smarter way would have been to uh, get some tape together of the decisions that he totally disagreed with in that penalty count. Point them out. And say, point out how this is a correct decision. Not just make a blanket statement like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because when, um, especially when there's cases like uh, some of them were offside, where Manly were obviously getting quick play the balls together, rucking it out of their own end when the when the pressure was on in that game, and um, the Raiders would concede a penalty to let him out of danger every time. But the times would be offside, and he'd go, he'd name them, he'd go one, two, three, four. You're all offside. Yeah. I mean, that's not something that's like fucking biased. It's not a fifty-fifty call going the yeah. wrong way. It wasn't like a. Uh, a call where it was like subjective, like, oh, you know, you held on too long or, you know, you're holding the guy down too long. I mean, they're yeah. clear fucking breaches. So, David Ferner, you need to focus more on shit that you can control. Well, I guess you can't control the fact that Cat's hair's out and he's your only hope. But um, you need to concentrate on your job, mate, because um, you're going to get fucking sacked and this is not going to help you at all. Cockhead. Next story. <laughs> The Rabbitohs, they sack a young player for refusing to undergo a heart operation. One of South Sydney's most promising young players has had his contract torn up for refusing to have a heart operation he claims he does not need. Only weeks after setting a Toyota Cup record with a 30-point haul against Brisbane in Round 4, Kurt French was cut by the Rabbitohs. He is the son of a Queensland Origin representative Ian French, and he suffered occasional bouts of an irregularly fast heartbeat following his heroics against the Broncos. The fullback slash 5'8 claims he complied with the club's instruction to see a specialist despite his belief that the problem was related to stress and homesickness. However, he wasn't prepared to comply with the demand to have a catheter ablation, an invasive procedure used to rectify a faulty electric, electrical pathway from the heart. It was all fine at the club, and then a week later against West Tigers, I got palpitations, he told the Sun-Herald. The doctor said I wasn't allowed to play after that, and they wanted me to get this surgery done, but we didn't think it was necessary at the time. Not long after that, I got called in, and they gave me a release. So South paid out the remainder of his contract for 2012, estimated to be worth $2,500, leaving French to work as a labourer to make ends meet while trying to resurrect his career. His dad said, We're disappointed that Kurt wasn't given more time or maybe even a second opinion. We would have liked Kurt to have been treated the way we wanted to do it, not using an invasive procedure. 
Shane Richardson said his parents wanted French to come home to win him and he regretted having to release him. He's actually a very good player and he played in a first grade trial against the Warriors at Coffs Harbour at fullback. But medically, we couldn't take the risk of him playing and training. We're still paying the medical bills. He came to our game last week. I saw him in the player's enclosure. The last time it happened at the football stadium, he nearly collapsed. So we've had all the tests done and I think there's more to be done. But the bottom line is we can't let him play if there's a risk of him suffering a heart attack. When it happened, his heart would be pounding so much he couldn't breathe. What's the invasive procedure? Yeah. Like, it fair enough. Like, obviously, anything to do with the heart is obviously fairly invasive. Well, anything but, going, you know, I guess anything surgical, like going into your body, I guess that's invasive. It's just a matter of degrees. It, do, it doesn't sound like that. It was like, a, they're saying it was like a catheter thing. So it was obviously something they could do through a keyhole or, and something that doesn't sound like it's terribly, like, difficult and, you know, recovery time associated with anything like that. I mean, it's not like they were proposing open heart surgery or something. Well, only. Only the player can to make a decision as to what goes on with his body, but obviously he seems to have a fairly promising career ahead of him. But I think, in my opinion, South have done the right thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't all that long ago, and forgive me, I'm not an English Premier League fan, uh, but there's a gentleman quite, over yeah. there that had a heart attack on the pitch. Just dropped, yeah. You know, like, when you've got symptoms such as that, it's due diligence for the club to, to want to you know, get an end result there exactly. for a player that they, you know, all going well with his career, they would obviously invest fairly heavily in financially, try and get the best out of him on the field. But also, um, as far as his welfare goes off the field, they want to make sure that, that, that the situation is rectified. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's his personal decision, which is fair enough. But um, I think the club, I don't think the club's got much to answer for there. If... Um, yeah, if that was my call, I'd be um, making sure I went to the ends of the earth to Get rectify fixed. that situation and make sure it doesn't continue. Well, if for no other reason, these dead bodies are really fucking heavy and like hard to carry off a field. For that reason alone, <laughs> South have done the right thing. Michael Jennings, speaking of dead bodies. <laughs> speaking of corpses. <laughs> Michael Jennings has become the latest NRL star to be punted to New South Wales Cup. He failed to finish Saturday's clash against... It's becoming Melbourne. an in thing. Isn't it? Isn't it's it? It's 2012 tattoo. Fancy, fancy um, Kearney is, is the... Uh, he's becoming a trend-setting coach here. <laughs> and uh, grand final coach Ivan Cleary has decided to take... Uh, Cues from the worst coach of all time. Um, so, yeah, Jennings failed to finish Saturday's clash against Melbourne with what was believed to be a shoulder injury. He was due to undergo scans yesterday, but was seen training with his Penrith teammates today, being Tuesday. He's since been named to play for the Windsor Wolves in Auckland this weekend. Ricky Stewart would have been keen to see the left centre prove his fitness against the Dragons on Monday night, but Panthers officials have grown frustrated with Jennings, who landed in hot water after he breached an alcohol ban while injured on Anzac Day. So he follows Parramatta star recruit Chris Sandow to drop to be reserve grade, but also you got to remember Hindy spent some time down there. Luke Burtz. Oh, Hindy didn't get there. dropped, did he? Oh, sorry, that's right. He was uh, he was dropped. Air quotes dropped. Virus. Yeah. It was a virus that dropped him. He got Not reserve grade itis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and Luke Burt definitely did. And Shackleton. I mean, you know, I hesitate to call him a star, but he's been down there ever since he called County a fuckwit on Facebook. Wow, Jennings. Um, Super talented player, but this is, you know, the the Anzac Day thing, whilst it was probably only a small infringement, it's still an infringement nonetheless, and um, certainly not his first instance of being in trouble with the club, so... But I suspect that's not even related to this one. No, I think it's because of his form. Uh, By all reports, um, some of his play against the Storm 
Uh, you know, didn't impress Cleary at all. In defence, like missed tackles. And I stuff. saw uh, the the mole rugby league week uh, tweeted that anyone that saw Cleary after the game on uh, on Saturday night wouldn't be surprised that he dropped Jennings because he was absolutely livid. So, yeah. um, I really like him as a player, but you just got to wonder, you know, what it takes for some of these blokes. Like the Anzac Day thing, for instance. Like he's had his issues with the club in regards to their alcohol policy in the past, um, and if you were his age and still with so much left to achieve in the game, wouldn't you just toe the line? Yeah, you know? think so? Well, like I don't see what the issue is. If they tell you not to drink while you're in rehab, don't drink while you're in rehab. There's, yep. there's no, you know, when you're on five, six hundred gram, whatever he's reported to be on. Yeah, and let's, so let's be difficult? honest, he's on he's on one of the higher contracts. He's probably the highest paid player in the club. Other than Luke Lewis, Luke I Lewis hope. Probably, yeah, Luke, Luke Lewis would be able to top him, but I don't think... It, I mean, there's no one really... There's no one else that could be up there, hey? Especially now Petro's gone. I mean, he probably would have yep. commanded a bit of dosh, but... Yeah, surely there's no one. Yeah, he'd, probably, he'd have to be the second highest, if not the highest. Love him as a player, and let's hope he um, he takes this, you know, as a bit of a wake-up call and, and comes back bigger and better. But um, if he's going to be struggling with injury, and, you know, I heard some reports he might get picked for New South Wales after playing the From weekend Reggie's. In, in Reggie's, like... Well, there's also there's also this shoulder injury thing too, where the speculation that he won't might not play anyway Could because be he'll be out for week anyway. Yeah, when he got dropped to Winnie for the first week. Yeah, but I heard I heard people saying like you know why are they even going through the motions of dropping him because he's not he's he's injured he's not going to play uh, you know he's he's going to be out anyway so I don't know but well, at least it sends a message I guess um, you know they're a, a club messages. that needs to be pulling together at the moment he's had a few messages sent to him though. Over the last, I mean, even last year, yeah, he was in the shit. Remember, he's drinking out, drinking with his mates. He's got his phone on silent. He's not yeah. getting the messages. Yeah, clearly not. Not checking them. Um, so yeah, pull your finger out, Jennings, because you would get in the Origin side if he actually pulled his finger out. Definitely. Next story, Petro. He announces his retirement effective end of the season 2012. Broncos legend Petro Simonisiva will retire at the end of the NRL season, but is available for State of Origin football this year. He's 36 years old, 220 game player, will play his final regular season game in round 26 against the club he led for three years, Penrith. The time is right, Simonisiva said today. It's a very hard decision to make and we'd all like to play forever. It's something that's been hanging over my head for a long time, so now's the right time to make the call. He said he would play for Queensland this year if selected I'll put my hand up for representative footy and if I'm called on I'll be ready to go Simmons has played 45 tests for Australia and 30 state of origin games for Queensland both records for a forward he's also played 297 NRL games including 225 for Brisbane since he debuted for the Broncos in round 7 1998 what a record what a champion legend legend human fantastic player done it all fantastic neighbour yeah fantastic neighbour you used to like it when you used to get out in the garden with no shirt on. Oh, I loved it. He's oh, glistening just, in the sun with I'll his sweat. He, he, he didn't. He didn't need. He's to, your sunny Billy. He, he, he didn't need. He's your sunny Billy. He didn't need to have the tribal tats or anything. <laughs> just, uh, just, just, just his, uh, his, his oil, oil. He's just a big there. lump of man meat. Let's face it. Oh. And, and and far more cut than you'd expect, too. <laughs> honestly, he's carved out of Fijian stone. Oh, as he it is, were. isn't he? <laughs> Petro, we salute you. You are a legend, and um, the game's going to be poorer uh, for the lack of his presence going. You know, going forward. So uh, he's done everything in the game. He's won premierships. Uh, he's played for his country, um, and. Every time he's pulled on whatever jersey, be it Queensland, Australia, or, or for his club, he's always given 100%. Uh, he's left it all on the, on the field. And just one of those sort of guys, you know, you'd, you'd love to have, you know, 25 of them in your squad. Yep. 
Exactly. So just, Legend bloke. Uh, absolute, you know, gentleman of the game on and off the field. And there's not that many players that you can say that about these days. Yep. So enjoy retirement. I mean, he can leave the game with zero regrets. Yes. He's done more than most. Now, the next story is about the valuation for the NRL rights. There's a report today in the Telegraph that uh, the billion-dollar figure, or you know, the $1.2 billion figure they previously were expecting or wanting, won't happen. The story goes, Channel 9 and Fox Sports have lodged independent bids for the game's new television rights to begin next year, but it was considerably less than the $1 billion it sought and several hundred million dollars short of what many within the league fraternity believe the game was worth. Players, officials and fans anticipated a figure as high as $1.2 billion when the game's television rights went on sale yesterday. Insiders say the true value is nowhere near that, and the offer from 9, Fox Sports and Telstra reflected that. The reason is less than sparkling figures in the AFL. In bitter irony, the first six months of the AFL's widely reported five-year $1.25 billion deal with Channel 7 and Fox Sports has revealed the networks paid too much and are struggling to recoup their investments. That NRL games are of shorter duration and have fewer natural ad breaks and the AFL boasts a pre-season competition has also counted against the NRL bid. By far the biggest concern though is that 7, Fox Sports and Telstra have failed to meet the figures they gambled on and paid for. Television Insider saying it has brought clarity to the NRL's true value. That's yeah. one way to look at it. Pays to get in first. It does. The other way to look at it is, this is in the Telegraph, <laughs> News Limited, and you think that they could maybe, maybe talk Channel 9 and Fox Sports, you know, uh, could talk the price down so that any other bids come in that are lower as well, and they're basically just trying to save themselves some cash. I suspect you uh, you could be on the money there that... Uh, if we've learnt nothing from the um, News of the World scandal, is that the yeah. media will go to any sort of lengths <laughs> yeah. when it comes to money. So um, I, I hope the game is paid what it's worth. If it's if, if it's deemed by the, the broadcasters to be a billion dollars and the NRL uh, or the, the Rugby League Commission agree with that, then so be it. And I hope that they distribute those funds accordingly. Um, you know, let's face it, if it's a billion dollars, if it's $1.2 billion, the game's still going to be in good shape. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think, you know, there's a bit of ego involved. They want to be paid more because they, you know, rightfully feel that they've got a better product than the AFL. Um, but, you know, the proof is going to be in the in the ratings and uh, based on what the AFL investment is is returning for them six months in then you know they've they've got a precedent there which they're obviously going to use to their benefit when it comes to negotiating the nrl deal yep um like i said whatever they deem the game to be worth um is one thing the way the funds are distributed uh everywhere from a grassroots level all the way up to uh international rugby league is is imperative to how the game moves forward uh through the next tv rights deal which is hopefully worth more again so there's speculation that, uh, well, you know, Channel 9 won't say it comes from their end, but they're saying that the NRL have discussed various means of providing extra ad breaks in games. Yeah. So uh, Channel 9 don't want to be held responsible for rule changes like that, um, clearly, but really it'd have to come from them, you'd think. Um, now, under the terms of the current agreement, Nine and Fox Sports were required to lodge separate bids for the new deal by yesterday afternoon, which basically gives them first shot at all the games they currently air, which means that um, the NRL can't sell off State of Origin as a separate package. But then they, if they reject the bid, which is likely, then Nine and Fox Sports will need to come together to see if they can provide a joint agreement before the NRL goes to an open market. 
So, and as you were saying, wow. I mean, you know, like the less money they get, then, you know, a lot of people haven't been considering the fact that it could be go- be under a billion dollars. And, you know, that means the money that goes to the clubs and, you know, raises in the salary cap and grants sure. and blah, blah, blah. You it know, has, all, all has far-reaching flow-on effect. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll see how it goes, but I imagine the NRL reject this one. And then uh, those guys have to get back together and come back with a better number. And you know what? Maybe they can just keep rejecting on the you know get to put on the open market. See what seven and ten want to do. You know who knows? Briz thirty one and and Koori TV could put you know they could be the dark horse. SBS. Yeah. Or perhaps not. But yeah. Maybe not. ABC. SBS. SBS. Yeah. Get SBS on there. And yeah, the viewers maybe. would love the ads for the movies and. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe you know, if it's one thing the NRL needs more of, it's you know boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and SBS could provide that. St. George Illawarra forward Matt Pryor is facing a lengthy suspension after being referred straight to the NRL judiciary over a striking charge on North Queensland's Jonathan Thurston. Pryor became the first player sent off this season when he was marched in the 55th minute of Friday's game for a high tackle on Thurston in their loss to the Cowboys. A high tackle probably doesn't really uh, cover it. Um, he's going to face the judiciary. Uh, we Obviously, the show's going to come out just after the judiciary part, so we, we're not going to uh, have the news on this show uh, this week. But yeah, um, when they say high tackle, it was he was approaching Thurston, he saw Thurston, his eyes he lit up. Jonathan Thurston's face. Cocked his elbow, lined it up beautifully, and then swung with all his power of his right shoulder to get that deliver that elbow exactly where he wanted it, which was Thurston's face, and obviously Thurston was... Um, not too good after that tackle, as anyone who's been, you know, hit with a flying elbow from a dude, you know, is over 100 kilos throwing an elbow into your face. Uh, would I wouldn't be. Put my, be putting my hand up to experience that. No, no. And um, so, well and truly worthy of being marched. And I guess we need to talk time. 10 weeks. Has to be 10 weeks. I mean, because... Well, Tio was in line for seven weeks for a shoulder charge gone wrong, as far as the attacking the head of the opponent rule goes, right? Yeah, yeah. Zero intent, which, say what you want, comes into consideration. Uh, the severity of it... What's it going to be? Huh? Intent <laughs> doesn't come into it when I mention it, and now Ted comes into it again. Fucking, just some consistency here. You're like a referee. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely, you know, in my opinion, and everyone, he'll have plenty of people going in as character witnesses. I'm sure the, they'll get everyone from fucking Craig Young to Johnny Raper to the St. George fucking mascot in there to tell everyone what a great bloke Matt Pryor is. Yeah. Um, but we know all said and done, the ball was well and truly gone. The elbow was well and truly cocked. We were looking at it from the and perspective And JT was of, well and truly knocked the fuck out. And the camera angle was from behind JT, so you could see uh, Pryor like, directly approaching... And so you could see that, like, you could see him raise it, line it up, and then swing it hard. There was no, like, arms out to try and tackle him. It was, like, full elbow, and then he swung it when he did it, you know? Big scandal in the NFL at the moment with uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, coach being found guilty of offering players bounty to, bounties to hurt other players. I mean... Sensation. That's just fantastic coaching. I mean, could Ricky Stewart... <laughs> could he have taken a, lick, a, a leaf out of Sean Payton's book? Oh. I mean, that's, when I saw that story, I thought, and, you, and you think... Spoken to a player that had no hope of being selected for New South Wales. Sweet leg. <laughs> and he, uh, he was just went a bit high, and maybe that was a, that. Maybe that's what he was sorry for as an accident. He was meant to sweep yeah, the leg. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. He's got to go for 10 weeks. If if the TO initial ruling is anything to go by, and this was a far, 
far worse instance of a player attacking the head of an opponent. And don't forget the ten and weeks. And don't forget the complete accidental T Rex thing copped him seven. That was a discount for an early plea. That was down from ten. So mm. if that was worth ten at full price, you know this is worth twenty. <laughs> it's worth it's probably seven hundred times worse. It's worth like seven thousand weeks. Yeah. I mean, it could be uh, suspended well into his grave, well into well until the Earth orbits into the sun. He could be this generation's <laughs> Les Boyd. You never know. Well, I mean, that was a pretty Les Boydish thing to do, wasn't it? I mean, it was right up there. Yeah, I mean, he could be Les Boyd to the power of John Hopoardi. Yeah, it's true. To the pl- power of uh, Billy Slater, who famously viciously attacked the head of John Scandalis whilst laying on the ground, kicked him in the face while he's laying prone. Did the same thing to uh, to Wolfman and Origin match as well, I believe. Can't remember that. Uh, broke Wolfman's neck with. Did a, I mention the time we kicked John Scandalis in the face? West Tigers legend. Yeah, that was sad. Sad yeah, for Scandalis. Very, very sad. And remember the time in Bro- the Battle of the Brookie when he when he broke Wolfman's neck <laughs> with a with a, a, get a single tackle. week for that. Not but one didn't week. Get a single, didn't I mean, people go? Yeah, but oh, look at Billy Slater. Oh, look at him. Look how he cradled him. Look how he cradled him. Yeah, after he broke his neck with a fucking grapple tackle. I mean, Jesus Christ, people are just so short-sighted with that grub. Um, where were we? What were we Matt talking Pryor. about again? <laughs> yeah, we were Matt talking Pryor. about how Matt Pryor goes, and Billy Slater are related. If it, I mean, anything less than eight weeks for an early plea, that is, discounted for an early plea, anything less than that is, is an absolute joke. And really, you know, he could go for 13, 14, and I don't think people would, except for Dragons fans, I don't think people would go, but let's oh, that's face a bit it, harsh. Robert Louis only got effectively a six-month suspension. For yeah. beating his missus. Didn't happen on the field. Sorry? Didn't happen on the field. Oh, that, that matters. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he could have he could have kicked the head through a roller door or through a sliding glass door on the field. <laughs> Seven weeks. <laughs> Seven weeks. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. Oh yeah, it's just it's just a disgrace. And uh That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, seven weeks. It's eight weeks. Eight weeks with a discount. Let's say eight <laughs> what weeks. What the fuck are you doing? Ten weeks. Ten weeks. Fourteen weeks. No, honestly, what what do you think? Okay, look. Ten just, weeks. Just to underline this. A, I think he'll get ten it's weeks. A, no, a, okay, what, A, what you think he'll get, and B, what you think he should get. I think he should get ten weeks, and he will get ten weeks, because I'm always right. Really? I think he'll get, well, he'll probably plead out. He'll probably get eight to ten, but I think he should get like 15, because it was, it's one of the worst things. I mean, can you think of a worse incident? In recent time, the only thing I can think of that even approaches it is when is when Hopper ironed out Big Sauce when he was playing for the Sharkies. Yeah, and that ended Hopper's career. It did. So there you go. Other than that, it was a Billy Slater on John Scandale thing, but mainly the Hopper one. Newcastle captain Kurt Gidley has confirmed his NRL season is over. He's going to undergo a shoulder reconstruction. Gidley dislocated his shoulder for the second time this season against Penrith last week and visited his new his surgeon in Sydney on Monday and was confirmed he would be sidelined for the rest of 2012. I'm really, really disappointed to announce that my season is unfortunately over. Need a shoulder reconstruction. Devastating, Gidley said on his Twitter account. News is a massive blow to the Knights who've also lost Baderas for around a month and with the side turning in a below-par effort without the duo in Sunday's loss to the Chooks. Kirk Gidley has Twitter. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Jeez, he kept that quiet. Yeah, and um, I would imagine he—that's going to cop a battering around Origin time, especially if New well, South Wales win a game. I imagine, I imagine that it's not going to cop, cop a battering now because he's out for the season. But I pity the fool. I mean, if, if you know, if that Twitter account was wide knowledge, like you know, the whole Gidley ruins hashtag and just everything that he cops, um, he'd he, he fucking kill himself. Um, but out for the year, bad luck for Gidley. Good luck for New South Wales. 
Bulldogs appear. This is pretty funny, actually. The Bulldogs appear set to pounce on Warriors centre Christian Inu after the New Zealand club yesterday signed Melbourne Storm three-quarter Dane Nielsen on a three-year deal. In a sign what? that the, in a sign that the Warriors are resigned to parting ways with Inu at the end of the season. Nielsen has confirmed he'll join veteran Jerome Rapati and rising stars Conrad Hurrell and Ben Henry in the Warriors' centre stocks from next year. Inu's not off contract until the end of 2013, but the Bulldogs appear confident he'll be released from the final season of his deal that he signed with the Warriors at the end of 2010. The 26-year-old, who appeared twice for Queensland last year, said he was intent on performing well for the Storm before he's moved to Auckland. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Nielsen, Nielsen, Nielsen. Let's talk about Inu, though. Um, that's actually pretty much all it is. After after he valiantly got them into the grand final by single handedly defeating the West Tigers, you know, there's only, there's what only short one, memories they have over there's there. There's only one scenario where this could be any funnier. That is if he was joining the West Tigers? That's if he was going to partner Lottie Takiri on the left hand <laughs> side for the West Tigers. Oh, that'd be funny. And you know he'd find a way to beat Lottie then, even. Like, he'd, you know, he'd be trying to, like, you know, run interference on a bomb or something and just knock Takiri out of the play. Out, and yeah. and, and the, the ball just yeah, bounces and no catches. And I mean, based on Saturday night, Lottie doesn't really need any help fucking things up. No, you're but right. But if Chris Ninu was on the same side of the field, oh, comedy reigns supreme. It'd be frightening. For, for anyone who ever I don't understand loves. why the dogs would need Chris Ninu to be quite honest well certainly it's not to replace Josh Morris you, you would suspect not no because that man can play the game of rugby league no and um really I mean they've got they've got some suspect who's the other centre Jonathan Wright Jonathan Wright yeah I mean but they have to they have some suspect that just the side with Jonathan Wright is pretty suspect to like high balls and stuff Chris Ninu is not going to solve that problem He's, he's better the, under the high ball, uh, but he's also probably more prone to brain, ex- brain explosions. Yeah. Um, monumental fuck-ups. And just general lazy lazy and... General uh, and, being and asleep on the field, hence his nickname, Captain, Captain Snooze. Snooze. Yep, exactly. But you know what? I hope he does go to the dogs. That's what you deserve, Desi. Desi could get the best out of you, mate. Yeah, recruit that, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Crusher. Yeah, I mean... Turns out Crush has lost all his recruitment. The horrible, too. <laughs> the horrible situation that the dogs find themselves in after potentially signing Brett Stewart, Tony Williams, Kieran Foran, and Daly Cherry Evans, uh, and they end up with Chris Ninu. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they just—it's just like. Isn't that a brown paper bag of dog shit? They just cashed up bogans. They've got a—they've got a pocket full of cash, and they just want to spend it. They just want to throw it at anything they can, and um, instead of getting the Ferraris, you know, they—they've got the Datsun one eighty B. Exactly. <laughs> Recaps, Friday Night Football, first game, the Canterbury Bulldogs, 46, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 12, at ANZ Stadium in front of a crowd of just over 28,000 people. Parramatta Eels, their points came from tries to Ryan Morgan and Ken Sio, Luke Burt, 2 of 2 on the conversions, Bulldogs, their truckload of points came from tries to a hat-trick to Josh Morris, we had Dean Hallisau. Yeah, like good players do. Dean Hallitow, Jonathan Wright, Bryson Goodwin, Josh Reynolds, and Tim LaFay scoring tries. I mean, bucket load of points. Bryson Goodwin, 6 of 8 on the goals, and he also got a uh, penalty goal as well. They could have put 50 on him if Bryson Goodwin kick a kick. Yeah, exactly. It was a Ben GS performance, him only getting 75% <laughs> from 8 goals. <laughs> eight, eight, 8 attempts. 
Wow. Para actually started fairly promisingly this game and, and believe it or not, actually led at the 30-minute mark. But um, what transpired from there was fairly uh, a fairly graphic capitulation. Yeah, and deluge. And Jared Haynes spoken about the fear that groups of Parramatta Reels that they managed to overcome for 30 minutes against the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, and seems to have struck them again. Um, th- th- this fear must be absolutely fucking terrifying. Well, it's a paralyzing fear. It's, it's terrible. Of playing fear. good football. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then he says, you know, he said at that time as well, like, you know, well, you know, once we didn't have the fear, you know, I don't know if the coach is going to want to, you know, let us play without, without the fear. So the coach wants us to play with fear. Apparently. The fear. The fear. Not any fear. Any capital of fear. T, the fear. Capital F. Yes. The fear. The fear. Um, anyway, what if, I don't know what they've got to do to get rid of the fear. Yeah. They, they got rid of it for 13 minutes. <laughs> well, they got, they got rid of it. Well, actually, make that 43 minutes 43 because minutes. the, the first 30 too. minutes are so fairly competitive. Yeah, yeah. 15 and 15 or 13 and 15 completions to start the game. Well, if you put that, yeah, if you put their last, you know... 40 something minutes together, you know, like going through the previous week, they scored, you know, like 42, you know, point, unanswered points or something. Yeah. But then the fear came back and they conceded. And then for 50 minutes, the yeah. fear returned. Exactly. And uh, then another buckle load, like the fear at the start of the Tigers game that they had, or for the first three quarters of the Tigers game, yeah. which uh, saw them concede 31 points. This one, you know, the fear got them avalanched again, particularly in the second half, it was 24 points. Yeah, it's, it's a terrifying thing, mm-hmm. playing good football. Yeah, well, I mean, at the moment, as we speak... Good footy phobia, they'll call it. Yeah, well, as we speak, there's a there's a meeting going on at the AGM or whatever down at Parramatta, and apparently it's a pretty grim Oh, they're always a barrel of fucking laughs, those things. Yeah, the the, the, the whole side's in attendance uh, as, a, as a show of solidarity. Uh, apparently, the uh, the people are just angry at uh, the coach and the board. It's the first time all season the 17 Parramatta Eels has showed up in the one place. Yeah. <laughs> certainly hasn't happened on a fucking weekend. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and the refs have got whistles and everything to sort of marshal them together, but it still doesn't happen. Um so, I bet the board's handling it with the plumb like they normally do. Yeah. None of them will come out and blab shit to the media tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. That never happens. Oh, we'll find out, won't we? I mean, it's probably trickling as we speak. Um, what can you say about dogs? Who knows? They weathered they, the storm they, from the eels. Yeah, they did what they had to do. was worth and then piled on the pressure and the points. And I'll tell you, they're an impressive side when, when their bigger forwards, Pritchard, Graham, Cassiano in particular, get going. When, when they get on a bit of a roll, they're almost impossible to contain. And then the small... Off the back of that, the smaller, more mobile guys like Hallotow, Reynolds, and Ennis feed off that. Uh, that's when the dogs are about their best. But yep. uh, they've only showed it in, in sort of patches so far this season. If they can put it together more consistently, uh, they've got the makings of a really good side. Um, Reynolds has zoomed into contention as the... the yeah, where, where has he come from? Yeah. Like, what was he doing last year? Basically just hanging with the Ottoman. Really? Yeah. Just hanging out? Just chilling down in Reggie's. Yeah, popping up now and then. Uh, when, uh, I know, I know, he played some first grade last yeah. year, but fuck, he's turned it up a notch. Yeah, he's just an angry little man. And like competitor, play, play, yeah, yeah. He's like White Thurston, <laughs> except except he's got other guys that can carry some of the weight in his team. Yeah, well, that's that's probably yeah. it. So he's point. not going to blow a brain aneurysm or anything. And it just anything goes like to show that. you: hang around the autumn, and you become a better player, better human, really, just a better well, person I'm in general, better, better person in general. I'm assuming. You know, you need to hang around the autumn more, Steve Kearney. Yeah, he thinks teams that play para play with the mindset that if they if we hang in, Parramatta will self destruct. Hmm. Where'd you f- fucking do? Where'd you come <laughs> up with that, Kearney? Which book did you read that in? 
Well, ter- I mean, he's he's real bad at like you know. I just wonder games. if they've come up with that, you know, based on you know the last season or two, where Parramatta have basically you know self destructed whenever a team is hung in a game, you know, or whether he just yeah. read it in some quote book from the Dalai Lama or something. But he's terrible with the way, like you know, he'll he'll turn on he'll turn on his players in press conference too. Like he'll just come out and say it. He won't even like. He's thrown Sandy under the bus this yeah. season. Um, Throw Jared Hayne on the bus. Not a big fan of uh, Shane Shackleton. <laughs> well, yeah, we can clearly Shane Shackleton. He was he started under the bus and he just basically just held his head, held his head, head down there. And uh, I don't think we'll ever see him come out from under that bus. Shane Shane Shackleton is stuck under the bus that started in Speed movie. He might he might emerge in like you know in England or somewhere. That's when. Or for the West Tigers in or the front for, row. Or for, yeah. Which does as a problem as a you know as as a tandem signing uh, with Chris Nenu from the Warriors. Oh, that'd be sensational. They'll, they'll be announced, you know, in consecutive days, no doubt, in the coming weeks. Well, you know, sure. there was there was there were some um, rumours back uh, probably about two or three weeks ago that BJ Lelou was on his way to the Tigers. Yes, and then at the last minute he uh, he pulled out and then re-signed with the representative Roosters. superstar BJ yeah. Lelou. So um, you know, if the if if BJ Lelou was a legitimate uh, possible sign for the Tigers, there's no reason why Christian isn't. No, no, I mean, I'm expecting it to happen, Nathan. Now this article's come out saying that you know the the, the dogs might get him. I mean, I can imagine the Tigers throwing a massive off. I can imagine the Sheensy going, there's no way we can have this. He's the only thing to stop us getting in the grand final last year. (laughs) If we buy him, him, we'll be invincible. (laughs) Nothing will stop us. We bought a Nasta as well, so they can't kick a field goal. can't kick any field goals. (laughs) I love it. Oh, that's going to be magnificent. So yeah, we bought. I, I imagine we'll... Yeah, Jamie Sauer kicked a field goal against us in 2010. Let's sign him as well. Yeah. See you, Benj. <laughs> we will never in. lose another semi-final match again if we make the eight. <laughs> if they brought if they brought Saudi for, uh, for for Benji, then I mean they could save money and only maintain one dressing room as well. It'd be sensational. Well, Saudi wouldn't be Team Benji. Saudi's Team Saudi. Well, no, I mean Saudi's Team Saudi, but I mean you know two two players. I mean just, they are. Both, he wouldn't need a whole dressing room, though. No? He just need a little box in the corner. I'm just saying they're both midgets, and like even though they are both midgets. They're still not going to both fit into that one six jersey. So Benji'd have to be somewhere else. Benji will play halfback. You can go to the Warriors or something. Jamie Sow could play in the wing. Spends a fair bit of fucking time there. Well, he defend. Yeah, he'll defend out there. Yeah, but like Benji's any better. I mean, but then you'd have two dressings rooms with Team Sow and Team Bo because they had almost had come to blows earlier this season. True, and Bo is Team Benji. He is. Bo knows Jamie Sow. This is more complicated than Twilight. <sighs> I tell you. I could just imagine Bo, I mean, Jamie Soward falling in love with Benji and Bo's baby. And where's Benji's baby? <laughs> but it's a, where, does, where does Mrs. Fulton's baby come from? <laughs> if not Benji. I suspect Liam's penis, Nathan, but that's another story. <laughs> Brycey would tell you otherwise. <laughs> he didn't bash Benji over that for nothing. <laughs> he didn't get banished to fucking Shire for nothing for that. It's amazing what a, what a, what a, a turn it took from the Canterbury versus Parramatta game. <laughs> just then. <laughs> As we want to do. Um, let's look at the Twitter and see what people let's. came up with. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some r- riveting stuff here. And, of course, we have uh, Aussie 111. Has he dropped a one off there? I think he has. 11198. Well, wow. you, you're making it hard to find your name, mate, when you drop a one out loud. He said, uh, Ah, Dogs versus Eels, the game where the Gronkers fans in Sydney come together for a coin-throwing balaclava-wearing Vuvuzela crap fest. <laughs> Love That's it. magnificent, and not even. A, and well, let's read out Angry Ando seventy seven's tweet. I thought you'd never ask. Yes. Hash tigers in decline. Not relevant, but that is all. 
<laughs> I love it. That guy's a cock. The Chapo 82, Josh Morris for Origin, hash the better brother. Oh, wow. Don't tell that to us, a Dragons fan. <laughs> now, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, a lot of people talking about the other game. Obviously, the Queenslanders, you know, we have to sort through these tweets here because the Queenslanders are talking about the Cowboys game that they're yeah. force-fed. And uh, Bring UFC to Oz. What do you think about Josh Randall's New South Wales utility? He can cover hooker in the halves and is a tough and nasty son of a bitch. Yeah, and I, I would agree 100% with that. And he does he does have that kind of... um. That niggle and, and just competitive... Would you say he's street. an origin player, Nathan? Oh, I mean, what's you know, an origin player? I ask you. If Gidley is. If Gidley is, fucking Michael Barney is. It's funny you should say that. We'll come back to that later. All right. Well, you got some Michael Barney gossip. <laughs> <laughs> the West Tigers <laughs> looking at him. <laughs> just partner Chris Ninny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what else have we got here? Dashing Dan one. A long-suffering Eels fan. Fuck you, Derek Zoolander. Movie ended, so I put Eels on. In front, watch 10 minutes, getting flogged. Gonna watch Crackerjack. Hash, fuck it. <laughs> and we got the Chapos come back again. Hindmarsh leaves the field and Para go to pieces. Hash, Sandow in decline. Yes. <laughs> He's well, obviously a keen listener of the show. He's been tweeting us a lot lately. Yeah, yeah he's loving it. Um, and I'm loving... Uh, this week was a... It was a banner week for the... So, you know, hash, blank dot dot hash, dot yeah, in decline. decline. There were some really creative ones that came out, which is uh, was really good. Um, what have we got here? We got uh, X Andrew John X. So I don't think it's Joey. It's no. John, not Johns. And he's got the X's on either side, you know, indicating that he's straight edge. And Andrew Johns is certainly not that, uh, given that he usually commentates drunk <laughs> or high. Uh, and he, he sent a tweet to us, the NRL, and Parramatta Eels. Said new campaign, Parramatta. Fuck my team. <laughs> I love the guys that when they turn on their team, they actually send shit to their team as it's well. It's fantastic. Um, what do we got here? Body underscore boarding. He said, I declare Josh Morris the revelation of 2012. Lottie who? Jared who? Dugan who? Hash get a haircut, Des. Hash sign him up, Ricky. There's so much to digest on that tweet. He packed it in. I, don't, I can't believe that was only 140 characters because <laughs> quite frankly, there's like a book. And... um. So, Josh Morris, the revelation, well... If you compare him to Lottie, Jared and Dugan, I'd have to agree with him. But absolutely. there are other players in the NRL that are probably more I mean, worthy of the revelation. And out, of those other, and out of those other guys that have actually been mentioned, Lottie, yeah, fair enough, you started the show off with Lottie. I mean, that was that was one of the first things, that you, the first bullshit things you carried on with was Lottie getting the revelation thing when he was making his return to the NRL after finishing up with Union in Disgrace. None of us have ever trumped Jared as a revelation of anything, certainly not, and du- nor Dugan. So I don't know where they came from, but um, you'll certainly not hear us doing it. Uh, what else do we have here? That's about it for that game. Oh, no, but we go. Three-card magic trick. Oh, he was bitching he didn't get a tweet read Complained out. bitterly two weeks in a row now that he didn't get a tweet read out. So here it goes. It was threatening to boycott the show. The Mighty Bulldogs with a great performance. Para were even worse live than on TV. Kenny's kidding himself. Hash, coach killers. No, at least still there. Oh, and hello, we've got HSV Raiders. It's the fucking Ottoman Rabs, <laughs> 74th minute. <laughs> what is doing with that? I mean, obviously, Des is treating him like, he was, uh, like he's a, the Bulldogs, Jamie Bure or something. You know, give him a couple of minutes when, you know, in a game like this too. I mean, the Ottoman could have scored a hat-trick and be an absolute hero. Well, there's no doubt about that. I, you know, it's, it's another slur on Des Asler's coaching. Yeah, now, let's say what we've got here. We've got uh, 
Andrew John X Andrew John X is back again. He said, uh, "Watching Matua slay Ennis is totally worth being on bottom and getting flogged." Hash fuck Ennis. Hash Ennis in decline. Hash how does it feel, asshole? <laughs> Alrighty. Please hashtag. Is this, is this the first week that X Andrew John X has been tweeting us? And I've got to say, he's taken to it with aplomb. Loves it. And uh, what do we got here? Finally, let's say the final word. We'll give GT this final word. GT three fifty one underscore Johns. Slow start, but great win by the Bulldogs. Barber and Reynolds standouts. Grubdow sucks buttholes. Go Bulldogs. Hash Manly's jersey still sucks. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's bitterness. Oh, that's that's bitterness. But people comment comment on a totally unrelated game and put t- hash Tigers in decline, and that's hilarious. It is though, right? <laughs> it is though. I take your point. <laughs> I mean, I know I know it hurts you inside, but I mean, you got to admit, it hurts me in my special parts. <laughs> Next game, North Queensland Cowboys 30 defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons 6 up there at Dairy Farmers. 15,000 was the crowd. Points came through the Cowboys. Brent Tate, Matt Bowen, Tarek Sims, Kane Lynette, Ray Thompson tries. Matty Bowen got one of one on the conversions. Thurston, one of four. Wow, and a penalty goal. Oh, and a couple of penalty goals. One to Bowen and two to Thurston. It's a weird mix-up. And... uh. Dragons, their tries. Oh, well, JT couldn't try. kick the penalty goal after his face smashed in. Yeah, you couldn't buy a conversion. Um, Dragons, their tries, I should say, or their try. Brett Morris, of course, and the cat in the hat was one from one on the conversions. We've already spoken about the elbow at length. It yep. was horrible, deserves everything he gets. No matter how much he apologises for it, it doesn't make it right. And he should go on a long holiday. Um, JT, before we got... Assisted from the field, he was in everything again. Created a bunch of tries. Not only that, just with his effort, uh, his hustle in defence. Yep. Jags are going to score for all money. Yep. Diving over the line, Thurston comes from behind with the sole plan of just whacking the ball out from behind. Which, which and he's done it a lot. He's done yeah. it so many times in his career too. Just great competitor, great effort yet again. We've seen it plenty of times, but. It, it's just he just never fails to disappoint. If anyone could take a play off, it's that guy. Yep. But he never does, and that's what makes him great. Um, Jamie Soud, um, we haven't spoken about Seguiaro's mistimed shoulder on Ben Hornby, but um, he's also he was also put on report for yeah, that, and he's up in the judiciary. But I think he, what he's only in line for like a week or something. Yeah, Max. Yeah, yeah I think he's clean otherwise. Um, Jamie Soud. Obviously, that happened after the prior hit, and Soud's come out and uh, said to the referee that. And basically compared it yeah. uh, to the prior yeah. issue. Same diff, send him off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that does nothing but prove everyone's opinion of Soud, that being that he's a complete cockhead. Yeah. I'm surely even Dragons fans are on board by now, yeah? Oh, that'd have to be. Have to be. Could they be that delusion? No one likes you, Jamie. Even your own fan base. Even your own surrogate father left you. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Um... Not all smooth saving, sailing Sorry for the Cowboys. Um, Matt Scott obviously left the field with a bit of an ankle problem, um, and he's going to have to be monitored. And he, he says he's going to be right for origin, which he may well be, but I'm just worried that with injuries like that, and also for the same goes for Thurston, the extra origin workload, um, I'm sure they'll get through it because they're professionals and they're great players, but down the track at the back end of the season, just how much that extra strain and more fatigue and... Um, He's going to have on them. 
I, I just wonder if that might have an adverse effect on the Cowboys season for those guys to get through Origin, carrying those little niggles. And, yeah. Especially with Thurston, like, that was a big hit to the head. It was fuck. I mean, do, I mean, do you know what the aftermath of that was? I mean, he was obviously sitting on the bench for, uh, you know, he was benched quite a while. Yeah, well, Henry um, said he he looked fine in the sheds. So there's no, like, no concussion or anything to... They said he said the medical staff were monitoring for concussion, but um, he looked fine in the sheds. But they'll just keep an eye on him. So um, we mentioned last week the Dragons are a bit like an aging heavyweight. Um, this game was like one of those flash knockouts that it, <laughs> an aging heavyweight susceptible to yep. at the tail end of his career. Um, yeah, they're just. Uh, I think the Dragons are actually in a rebuilding phase. They're trying to you know, week to week to actually mask that. I'm not sure even if. If their fans aren't convinced that they're in a rebuilding phase, but there's weeks where they, it looks like they're, they're still the same old side, and then there's weeks where you can clearly see that there's a big transition going on down there. And yeah, well, they just, um, they just can't keep it going. They, they just can't maintain it even for more than a week in a row, really. No, and uh, there's still enough talent in the side that they can put it together in patches, but a lot of their structure, you know. Price is wanting to make his mark on that side as well and, and changing a few things. And it, for guys that have done, you know, the same sort of structure very, very well for three straight seasons to come in and try and change that, even subtly, is going to have an effect. And we, we're seeing that with the Dragons' performances. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know what? Next week they'll come out and smash somebody. It's yeah, the way, it's the way I'm not it. saying it's not going to happen, for sure. Yeah, it's the way of it. Okay, Twitter, what have we got here? Berkeley Eagles, so the gap is going to be quite crowded tonight with Dragons and Eels fans heading that way. <laughs> Hash Eels and Dragons in decline. Where, um, who do we have here? Daniel Bird QLD has said, James, you are my Sigia hero. <laughs> the little fella packs a big hit. He does. Can put a hit on the little bloke. Yep, and we've got uh, Dragons underscore Red V. Pashitic performance, full credit to the Cowboys, deserved the win. Glad Thurston's okay, otherwise the hash jelly eaters would never shut up. That is a tremendous hashtag reference, way back to that throwaway line in the Origin preview last year. That is sensational, one of my favourite tweets ever. And then we've got, then of course, (laughs) this is the hashtag palooza here from NQC81, Jono, Cowboys fan. He's come in, great win, never in doubt. Hash, go cows, go. Hash, dragons in decline. Hash, dragon slayers. Hash, Matt Pryor in decline. Hash, NRL, NQL, STI. Hash, get a dog up, you see how it... Hash, moo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a sensational tweet. Oh, I think John A needs to check the use-by date on his milk. <laughs> it's clearly having an effect on him. And Daniel Bird, QLD, he's come back with another one and said, I wonder why JT didn't want to talk to Freddie. Oh, that's right. Freddie's a laughable fuckwit. Hash Freddie in decline. Oh, harsh. <laughs> oh, what else do we have here from that game? <laughs> There's some sensational ones. Oh, sorry, I just want to go. I'm just going to have to go back. This one came late in the piece from Aussie11198 about the Parramatta game. And he said, what was with all the dogs players kissing each other? Get a room, boys, and get it out of your system. Hash vagina in decline. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong game, but I don't care. That was that was sensational. And then he came back and said, uh, back on topic, he said, Matt Pryor may have cost us the fucking chance of a comeback, but he made every New South Welshman happy with that dog shot on JT. <laughs> what else do we have here? Um, Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. If Pryor gets anything less than T-Rex got at the judiciary, it's a disgrace. T-Rex tackle bad, but not deliberate. Hash Tigers in the climb. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sensational. And Berkeley underscore Eagles come back and said, uh, Hash, Twill Grub of the Year Award. Matt Pryor elbow to the head of Thurston. You know what? If we're going to, I mean, for Grub Act of the Year, I think that I'd almost give the award right now because I don't think anything's <laughs> going to top that. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's a long season. But Manly's yeah. still got a bunch of games left yet. That's true. Bookie Brawl Part 2 has yet, has yet to be played at Brookvale, so we'll see what happens. Um, now, where are we? I think that's it for those games. So let's move on to Super Saturday. First game, New Zealand Warriors 30 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 20 at Mount Smart Stadium. A crowd just over 19,000 people. The points, New Zealand Warriors, their 30 came from tries to Faliti Mateo, Jacob Lilliman, Elijah Taylor, Ben Henry and Sean Johnson. Maloney was 0 from 1 on field goal attempts and he got 5 of 5 in a perfect Jamie Lyoness kicking performance on the goals. Brisbane Broncos, their 20 points came through tries to Sam Thide, Alex Glenn, Ben Teo, and Jack Reed. Corey, uncharacteristically poor effort off the boot, two of four. Went to Bribie Island yesterday, and um, I saw the field that uh, Matt Gillette and Jack Reed used to play on as juniors. Yeah? Cow paddock? Holy fucking hell, it's horrible. Yeah? It's really that bad. Sorry? It's that bad. There's not a lot to it. Yeah. It's not particularly impressive, I have to say. Well, no. So they should be given extra credit for busting out of there and making it to the NRL. Aside from that, the Broncos in this game, I was expecting a hiccup for them at some point. Um, having said that, they, they were competitive enough in this game. They certainly didn't capitulate by any stretch of the imagination. And I think this performance will sting them onto better things. Um, loss they had to have, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one guy that probably didn't put his best foot forward was, or his best knee forward, is uh, Jared Beal. Yeah, he had a. It was the kind of game that had them waiting for him to leave to go to the Dragons. He's recently signed with the Dragons, as you as you say, and I think the Dragons fans will be hoping he does a Tim Molson based on this game. Yeah, and the and interestingly, the name you hear a lot with the Broncos fans is like, you know, let's he's going to the Dragons anyway, so let's just yank him out and put Gay Guy in. Yeah, but really late breaking news. Yeah, he's just, record released. Yeah, effective immediately for un for undisclosed reasons. Nothing law break law breaking they say, but um for things that are unacceptable for for hooks uh, player disciplinary yeah, policies. So yeah, he's Gonski. Yep, anti rainbow policy inherited at the Broncos. No rainbows yep. and no gay guys. Yep. Peter Wallace got injured again in this game. Strained the same troublesome groin that uh, he's had some, some issues with and has already missed a game because of. Yep. Um, he's going to have to rest at this time for longer than he did initially. Uh, this is, which the is gonna is he really carries a lot of this. I mean, I think there's a lot of pressure for him to not do that because he really well, that's true, but, um You know, if if he really does do a good job of, of the injury and, and he's out for an extended period of time, then... I guess what's the over and under on whether that's the better scenario than resting it for a bit, uh, a bit longer than he would really like to do, albeit that's going to ca- cause a problem for the young halves that they've got at the moment to carry the load for an extended period yep. uh, while Wallace has a bit of a rest. Um, you, you can't come back in your first game and do exactly the same injury and say, oh, well, you know, it's completely unrelated. No, it's clearly no. something there he's trying to manage. Um and those sorts of things, only, you know, you look at Farah's played the better part of a season or, you know, a season and a half last last season and before uh, with a, a groin strain or groin injury. 
um, and he's far from his best. So, yep. uh, yeah, tough one for for the Broncos to manage, and and Wallace in particular. Um, he's obviously going to want to play as much as he can and and be out there helping his team. But you know, it could have an adverse effect if he really does a, a proper job of it. Yep, exactly. Uh, look, another sign of, of the Broncos' development is the fact that these kids are all, all sort of growing up while we watch and whether you want to admit it or not is that they're still an elite team in the NRL at the moment um, and that speaks volumes for the culture of the club um, lots of young guys coming through their system um, you know they're losing Beal um, and as you say they just released Gagai and you know they've still got other guys to come into their place. Oh, of course. I mean, that's a benefit of one, you know, one team town and everything as well, though, too. So. I think I mean, there's that no competition for spots, really. I mean, because let's face it, you know, when you're in a two-horse race, when you've got the choice of going down the road to the Titans or, or Broncos, <laughs> I mean, you know, there is no choice. Well, there is a lot of history at the Broncos there, which would be fairly enticing to the young blokes, I guess. Um, Not to I mention th- success. Well, that's that's <laughs> part of what I meant, yeah. Uh, I think the Warriors are building nicely based on this performance. They are... Uh, you know, it's another step along for them. Um, they still have the odd dodgy performance in them, but overall, I'd have to say they're improving fairly rapidly. And um, you know, I don't think they're a long way off where they were uh, to finish last season as grand finalists. And um, you know, certainly exciting to watch when they're on the song. Definitely. Right. I actually, yeah, I actually thought this was a pretty good game. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, there was a time there where I mean, they they took a, a decent lead into the, into half time there, and the Broncos sort of pegged it back to the point where it was. You know, I think it was. Did they get it back as far as twenty four sixteen? I think, and it looked like the Broncos might have been you know on the way back, and they certainly put on a lot of pressure. And then um, the Warriors managed to kick out and kind of you know bury them and you know, sort of get a match winning lead uh, with that try to Mateo at the death, and then mm-hmm. uh, the Broncos came back and got another try to Thiday. Probably all that would have been close to the final minute, wasn't it? I thought yeah, it was right yeah, consolation by every stretch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it was a good game, though. Uh, Twitter, what have you got here? Aussie11198, he's uh, said, as you, as you alluded to, wow, Jared Beal, why the fuck did my team have to sign him for next season? Going to be a long few years. Hash, fuck my life. <laughs> then we got uh, Make Me a Sandwich. Said, hey, Warriors, you just got Bealed twice. And by Bealed, I mean he fucked up and dropped the ball on the line for you. He's 20th victim. <laughs> Uh, Tarana three fifty five has said, "Great to see don- great to see the donkeys losing." And uh, wow, it's just one game. <laughs> yeah, obviously, this guy really rides the Broncos to lose. Uh, SHS Mike said, "I think we've discovered the source of Brisbane's power. It's Friday night." Yeah, well, that's that's exactly it. It's the first non-Friday night game of that. Yeah, Cruzio six said the ball handling was poo. Warriors played out of their skins. Had a stack of ops to come back, but opportunity wasted. Bring on Manly. And uh, here we go. Here we've got uh, Mills underscore 91 said, The Broncos were not at our best tonight, but we weren't helped by the refs wearing Warrior jerseys in the first half and injuries. It was always one of them. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Aussie11198's come through again and said, Not so special without your convenient Friday night games, eh, Broncos? I can see them fizzling out and finishing ninth. Hash Broncos in decline. And uh, Tirana355 caught onto that tweet and said, yeah, Manly will punish them again next week. So, uh, Tirana's a Manly fan. Awesome. Um, and I think that's probably about it for that one. So, we will move on to the next game. The poor old Panthers, the hapless Panthers. We'll see, we're not, you know, we've played them now and you've played them now. So, we, we can go from, you know, 
hoping they stay shit so we can get an easy 30-0 win <laughs> to now pitying them that they're so shit. And the Melbourne Storm punished them 44 points to 10 in front of a crowd of under 10,000 at Centibet Stadium in Penrith. Now, the uh, tries, Penrith tries, came to Etu Ueseli and Josh Mansour, Blake Austin, one of two. And then we had Melbourne Storm. Their 44 points came from tries to a hat-trick to Justin O'Neill. Like good players like do. Like good players do. Cooper Cronk, Ryan Hoffman, Will Chambers, Ryan Hinchliffe, and Matt Duffy. Cameron Smith was five of seven. Gareth Widdop had a crack two, one of one. Serious question time. Who's doing a better job of coaching in the NRL? Steve Kearney or Ivan Cleary? Circa 2012. Well, you know, Gus did preface this, you know, sort of was talking about this season of being like a building year, etc., etc. And you know what? It doesn't look like they're really buying anyone. I think they bought Lewis Brown from the Warriors. And that, so this is going to be the, the group of players moving forward that they're going to stick with mostly. So, yeah, I'm not sure. You haven't answered my question. I think, well, I, th- I think that, um, who is, who's doing a better job or worse job? Who's doing a worse job? Sorry, who's doing a better job? My apologies. Cleary. They've won more games. Well, yeah, that's a valid point. Simple as that. It and just I, seems to be under way less pressure. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, well, like, I, I mean, it's not, it's not second year for him. There's too, not a I mean. million miles between what Penrith are doing and what Power are doing. No, but he's, I guess he's, uh, he's inherited this mess and then so then he'll have next year to make his mark on the, the, the you know, player acquisitions and things like that. I mean, yeah, I bet they would prefer to be doing better this year, but this is Steve's second year at Parramatta, and he's supposedly getting everything. You know, back in the Osborne days, it was like you know he's going to get everything he needs to do what he wants. Yeah. So let's assume that he has got everything he needs, and, and they're, they're still, still diabolical. Yeah. And in a battle between them and the Panthers, you think Panthers beat them by thirty? Yeah, I guess so. Penrith competed as much as they could in this game, and um, unfortunately, they do have you know a considerable amount of errors in their game. Uh, and when those errors came, the Storm just crushed them every time without fail. <laughs> and it was very similar to actually the um, the Dogs Parramatta game. I yeah, Penrith, I, I, mean, I guess I think Penrith probably the way the game went, I think they were probably more competitive for a longer period of time. But it was the same sort of thing. There was just a deluge, and then it was game over. Yeah. Cleary hooked Jennings um, because he, he said in the post-match um, interview that he it, there wasn't a problem as far as injury went that he hooked him and, he, and his words, you know, read into that what you will. Uh, he took him off the field and it wasn't because of injury, so read into that what you will. Yep, he um, said it, hooked. And now he's been dropped. So this situation is going to end badly for the player in this instance. A lot of times a high-profile player probably does take precedent over the coach, but... When you look at the Penrith situation, Cleary's there as a direct result of Gould's say-so. Yeah. Um, and Cleary has Gould's support. The way they handled his disciplinary problems last year with Gould forcing him to buy $44,000 worth of tickets and hand them out to fans at the fence in possibly the greatest disciplinary measure ever seen in professional sport. All time. <laughs> um, that would indicate that Cleary has Gus's full support. Um, and... They're playing this out in the media as well. Mm-hmm. He's certainly um, not going to great lengths to, to protect the player uh, or, or keep things under the rug and keep it in-house. The, the media's all over it. So yep. um, you probably get a, a fair indication that the fan base has a, a decent idea as to what's coming unless Jennings turns his attitude and his form around in, in quick smart. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know think Gus is afraid to sack him. No, I don't think he's going to end badly for the player. I mean, like... 
oh, in the fact that he'll get picked up on a big contract on another club. But yeah, and probably somewhere you know he might be happier. You know he may be agitating for a release, but you know how players you know do that. He might be back up center for the West Tigers to Chris Nuno. Yeah, he might be, but probably not. <laughs> I might put him on the wing. <laughs> yeah, although Marathon, you know, does have a lot of brown paper bags, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> they could fill up truckloads of third third party payments in, in quotes. <laughs> um, you know. Maybe the storm need to replace their guy. Maybe. Um, to beat Melbourne, I think you have to play near perfect football for eighty minutes at the way they're going at the moment. And I don't think any team has done that all season yet. No, no, clearly not. And and That's even pretty the scary dogs, proposition. The so. dogs came closest to you know points wise, I think, to the yep. storm. But even then, I don't think it was that. You know, I think Melbourne controlled that match fairly well. Yeah, yeah. Pretty scary proposition at the moment. The storm. Um, I don't think they're unbeatable, but the way they're playing at the moment, they're punishing every error and every, and taking full advantage of every opportunity that presents itself. And yeah, super prof- professional outfit, and and just keep rolling on. We say it every week. Exactly. So let's go uh, to the Twitter. A Panther supporter at Year of a Panther. That's clearly not some. He said, I think I just saw a Harvey Norman voucher in Steve Lyons' back pocket. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, fairly inflammatory. It is fairly inflammatory. I didn't think the refereeing was too um, too crazy, I've got to be honest. No, I mean... Jeez, forty-four ten. We've got another one. It's hard uh, to complain. Another one. I think it's a new uh, a new tweeter to us uh, at Additional Funk, and so wow. it begins. Panthers are going to get well and truly pumped. Sounds way too cool to be tweeting us. It does, does, and his uh, Twitter picture would indicate similar. What else do we have here? Jeez, a lot of Tigers tweets in here. So uh, some people did view his choice of Tigers game. Unbelievable. At Mister Bowls of the. Uh, I want to say what his podcast is called. I want to I want to plug it, but I can't remember what the w- exact wording of the podcast is. But it's a Panthers podcast. It is Panthers Weekly. Is Panthers right? Weekly. It's Panthers Weekly. Yes. Podcast just for you, Penrith fans. It must be a, a, a dreadfully sad podcast at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, um, I'm sure. I think it, they just have special guest fans on to come on and commit suicide every week. But other than that, it's fan, a great show. Yeah, yeah, fantastic show. And perhaps Michael Jennings will be on this week, so listen to it because I mean he's got nothing else to do. Uh, and he said, I, I think it's a fair. To, I think it's fair to say that after 20 minutes of competitive footy, we were ass raped by the big three. Sad face. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> that it. is rich. Yeah, year of a Panthers back. He said, if Hinchliffe is being considered for Origin, why not Travis Burns? Hash competitor. Hash, Hinchcliffe in decline. Hash, no, he's not. He never ascended. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone ballistic. It's sensational, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> and um, and then, then I actually informed him that he, that, uh, that Travis Burns is actually Queenslander. Yeah. And, uh, well, so, don't I look like a dickhead now? <laughs> yeah, 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 don't I look like a dickhead? Hash, last tweet this week. Thanks, boys. And then he came back minutes later with another tweet. <laughs> Last tweet this week, asterisk. Exactly, exactly. Okay, now we'll move on to the next game, the final game on Saturday, where the Gold Coast Titans were defeated by the West Tigers, 15 points to 14. Skilled Park, the crowd announced as 14,254. And now, I say a resounding bullshit. Now, Matt sent us a, a tweet with a twit pic of the crowd. And he was sitting very, very close to me. Yeah. and um, and I didn't actually see him, but based on his picture, I could have taken an identical picture. So. Yeah. So, and it was, and admittedly, it wasn't right at the start of the no. game. It was like probably half an hour before kickoff, but it was empty. 
Um, I don't know if you took any pictures or whatever to, to verify. I didn't. But 14,254 sounds like one of the bigger Titans crowds in recent times. Um, because, you know, we've seen a lot of 11s and 13s and stuff like that last season. It was difficult to see, like, the, the stand that I was in, which is the stand that the TV cameras would normally shoot, did seem fairly full. Yeah, yeah. But the others, other than the Tigers away supporters bay and the, the bottom corner in between the stand and the away supporters bay, yep. um, which was quite full, of Tigers fans, I might add. Yeah. Um, but other stands, not so much. All right. So the points, the Tigers' points came to tries to Robbie Farrah, Blake Ageford. Farrah got himself a field goal, the crucial field goal. Benji, two from two in the conversions, and he got a penalty as well. Titans, their points came through. Tries Did to... Did you say... What was that, mate? What was Benji's success he right there? He got two out of two. Two for two. So, yeah, Tigers... And penalty scoring. goal as well, mate. Yeah, Tigers, Tigers scoring. Well, the penalty was right. was pretty much in front, and the two tries must have been under the sticks too. I can't remember, but if Benji kicked them, they had to be under the sticks. Uh, Titans, their 14 points came to tries to Kevin Gordon and David Mead. Caesar, two of two, and a penalty goal as well. Three goals for him for the night. Well, what can be said? The Titans, they, they competed. They certainly did. For a long, very, very long time. 79 and a half minutes. I thought the Titans really took it to the Tigers. They were pro- In the end, they were probably guilty of nothing but young halves. Um, I think if yeah. Prince had played, they probably would have won the game. It closed yeah, it they would have definitely closed it out. His kicking game would have taken over at the back end. Um, he would have made that clearing kick that Robbie charged down, which led to the penalty, which tied the game up. Yep. Um, and, you know, good young players, both Caesar and, and Rankin, no doubt about it. But when it came down to it... Uh, Rankin gave up the kick that was charged down, and then he dropped the ball that uh, that ultimately time, led yeah. to the to the field goal being kicked. So, a yeah. uh, couple of mistakes from a guy that probably hasn't had that much experience to you know to take the I, I don't know what the the right word is, but take the safe play, I guess. Yeah. But, Did Tigers um, struggle? Crucial at Gold errors. Coast? Sorry, Tigers struggle at the Gold Coast. This it's game, horrible. This game was thirty seconds away from being like the game where. Um, well, who, who's old mate? There was it uh, Peyton with the the play the balls had his issues yeah. last year, was it, and, and uh, Two off. they scored a, b- a bundle of tries at the end to take the game. Yes, crazy. Skilled is like it's almost a graveyard. I, I, I would dread. I mean, like, admittedly, it's a chance for you to go down and see the Tigers play live. Yeah, but fuck, you got to be like thinking every time you go down now, like, this could end real bad. I was super confident in this game, Nathan. Well, you should have been. I mean, you, <laughs> on the show last week, you said they're going to win by like thirty or something. I was super confident. I could tell in the warm up. They were running some plays. Passes weren't really hitting the mark. Yeah. A couple went behind the players. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hope they get it out of their system now. It turns out they didn't. And um, Titans ran out to a 14-0 lead. And to their credit, the Tigers on the back of Robbie Farah um, clawed their way back into the game. And, you know, from Robbie, scored, he scored one try himself. Um through the last pass to uh, Ashford for his try. Yep. Uh, charged down the ball and for all money he was going to pick it up and score but for being taken out by the fullback yep. who then got 10 in the bin yep. which led to the penalty to tie it up and then kick the winning field goal. I mean, are people still questioning his leadership? Well, this admittedly is, is, has been the most leadershipy game he's played in two years. I disagree. I it's mean... Not, it's certainly far from the first game he's won with a, a match-winning field goal. Uh, it's not the first time he's dived over and scored tries for us. Um, people want to question his defence. I don't... 
He misses tackles. He, you know what? He's probably, he's probably going to he's probably going to make the Origin side just through Stephen Bradbury styles. Honestly, Ennis is. Ennis, I, Ennis I actually nothing. wanted to punch you in the face before we actually hit record tonight. Yeah, and based on that <laughs> comment, I'd like to do it repeatedly. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. <laughs> well, Ennis is still Ennis is still playing, and when they put and he's the incumbent. So yeah, but, he, but he's playing. So like, that refutes your argument. Like, there, he's playing there, like a busted it? asshole, and he's got uh, injury cloud as well. So is Robbie, mate. Played with all injury all last year, but didn't complain about. It. Just sucked it up and got on with it. And here he is again, chafing like your, a leader. Chafing, chafing your groin through excessive rubbing is not an injury, mate. <laughs> it's that's still a, a groin strain, Nathan. That's, no matter that's, how it comes about, that's a self-inflicted discomfort. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Ryan Hitchcliffe even is even a possible contender off the bench to become an Origin hooker just shows. That you know, Farah clearly, yeah, up until this week, hasn't done, hasn't really stamped his name on anything to even prove himself. Yeah, he's every chance of getting the captaincy at this rate. Uh, Luke Bailey was great for the Titans, and I think Greg Bird was probably close to the best on the field. He ran at Benji Marshall all night, um, yeah. and to his credit, Benji really showed it up in defence um, and put some good first up contact on him. Bird's such a strong prick; they had trouble putting him on the ground, regardless. Um, the Tigers have now beaten the three worst teams in the comp in a row. <laughs> um, having said that, two of those teams did actually beat Manly. Um, but we beat but, the Tigers. But two of these, two of these games, other than the, the match against Penrith, which we beat them thirty nil, completely unconvincing. Mm. Um, they've got some soul searching to do over the bye weekend. They've got the bye this week. Um, they really don't need the bye this week. Well, they, they need really, to play they themselves really play with play a, bit, you know, a bit of confidence and a bit of form. Yeah. So. Um, I'm hoping they can sort of blast out of the blocks after the bye, but traditionally that hasn't always been the case with no. them. Um, yeah, we need Hino and, and Gaddeth back quick smart, for starters. And, uh, geez, our attack just needs... I, I, I don't know what it is. Bullet. Chris Lawrence... And that's another thing. Some of the selections, we've said it plenty of times, but Humble has played halfback, and fullback this season, but he's predominantly found his home at half. Halfbacks he gets and fullbacks are interchangeable at West. It's been that way for years. He gets, <laughs> he gets dropped to the bench. Chris Lawrence goes to 5'8". Benji goes to halfback in a time when all we need is a bit of stability in the side mm-hmm. to try and build some combinations. And it just makes no sense to me. I, I, I'm sure he's got his reasons, but it does. You know, on face value, none of it makes any sense to me. It's just like throwing, throwing it's like McDonald's, just throwing, pulling the pickles out of the burger and throwing them on the glass, <laughs> seeing which one gets to the bottom first. Um, my old mate Lottie, he made a special. Put a, take him out in the paddock. He express posted an application to the Ben Roberts All Stars. <laughs> okay, now. That was a fucking horrible performance. Oh, I love the man, and I'll defend it, Lottie Takiri, to the hilt, Nathan, but. Watching the decline of Lottie, is, it's, been, it's been heartbreaking from this perspective because. <laughs> I remember when we first started this show, it was all do the lottie, you know, score tries, flex buys, something about dreadies, fucking do the lottie. He's getting hat tricks, he's doing this. He's barely scored a try. (laughs) (laughs) In 2010, he scored plenty. Plenty. Those halcyon days. To to, to find plenty. Seven? 17. I was saying he got 17 that year. 17? I don't think he's got 17 in his whole career. Fucking. That's counting the five. He got 17 against Namibia. That's counting counting the five you put on Namibia. He's, he's slowly uh, it's going to be it's slowly going to be less lottie and more lottery yeah um, he's, oh, he's I wasn't confident that he was going to catch anything yeah yeah 
And that's, you know, I'm normally when Lordy's got the ball in his hand, I'm expecting a try. And that's just how I roll. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it ever happens. But it just, <laughs> in this game, I was just happy for him to catch it. And that's a good indication of, uh, of the demise of Lottie, at least for this week. But I'm sure he'll bounce back. Yep, yep. Now, um, if we can go to Twitter now, we've got, there's a lot of sympathy for you. <laughs> there always is, Nathan. A lot of sympathy. We've got... Um, We've got a sh- and then the pricks come out with the t- hash tigers in decline. Yeah. But when the tigers are actually losing or look like they're going to lose, so we've got Shabugan. We've got Shabugan at Shabugan. <laughs> I would trade Lolson and Takiri for a pop plant at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, at Tandy's hot tips. I think the time has come for Lottie Takiri to shave his head. Hash hairline in decline. <laughs> he actually directed that at Lottie Takiri as well, so nice one there. Cambo96 has just come straight out with hash tigers in decline. That's it. Um, what else have we got here? Make me a sandwich has said, oh my God, what a surprise. Takiri drops it and leads to a try. Hash tigers in decline. Annalise underscore zero eight. Hash tigers in decline. Poor Glenn. Yeah, don't try and save it. SHS Micah said, good players score hat-tricks, good lotties drop the ball. Or our offside. And then we've got uh, SHS Micah's come back again and said, hash, Tigers into nut sucking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Make me a sandwich has come back and said, we think the Tigers have scored, but it was Lottie who got over, so we're checking just in case. And sure enough, it wasn't a try. (laughs) Lottie, damn it, I finally hold the ball and I'm offside. (laughs) According to SHS Mike. Um... What else have we got here? Michael Darren, 79. He said, LOL at the woman you could hear after the Ashford try. What are you doing? You just get him off. <laughs> he wasn't particularly impressive, I have to say. No, no he, he hasn't been, has he? Uh, Berkeley underscore Eagle said, it's a dead set wooden spoon golden point game. Hashtags in decline, of course. Um, at Aussie11198 said, Tigers get lucky and beat the Titans in front of approximately 10 people, including Glenn. Just do away with the club. Hash zero fans. <laughs> um, underscore, uh, sorry, uh, body underscore boarding has said, bring on Manly. Nah, just kidding. We should be called West by the skin of our teeth, Tigers. I'm getting jack of this. Hash Tigers shit me. I think you'd probably be good friends with him. Because I think you're probably, probably, you know, similar. Yeah. Just long suffering. You do you know tread I mean? a similar path. Yeah. Uh, what do we got here? That's it. Let's move on to Sunday football match of the round. Mighty Manly Sea Eagles 18 defeated the Canberra Raiders 12 at the home of Rugby League Brookvale Oval in front of a crowd of 15,000 people. Manly's 18 points came through tries to Jamie Lyon and a double to Dean Vare. Conversions, two of three for Jamie and a penalty goal on top of that. Canberra Raiders, their 12 points came. Tries to Josh Dugan and Josh Papali. Conversions, Jared Croker was two from two. David Furness had a lot to say about this game, but in the end it came down to a fi- what even Jeff Tuvey has agreed was a 50-50 call, which went the way of the Seagulls. Um, and we've said it before, every team, fortunately or unfortunately, benefits from or is the victim of over the course of a season. It's, it's not right, but it's a reality. I didn't see what's a 50-50 call. Defence and play the ball. Yeah. I mean, dude, you know, it, they're pretty clear in the rules. Don't play the ball till you stood up. And he well, did true. He was also tried, tried to the argument could be made that he was being crowded by Bura and and Bura's foot came in contact with the ball as well. So yeah, you're allowed to crowd him. I mean, he was Bura was just holding the no, mark. Clearly, not allowed to crowd him because penalties are given for crowding all the time, Nathan. Well, no, you could hold your you can hold your mark. 
Yes. If a player then, walks off the mark, he's the one that gets penalised too. But is that what, what's happened? And That's those why players try and bulldog... See, and those us try having bull- this debate means it's a fucking 50-50 call. Let's move on. Well, no. Well, no it's only a 50-50 call in your case because you want to take the aspect against Manly. No, that's not true. I'm just Jeff Toovey, your own fucking ridiculously, hideously ugly coach, has said it was a fifty-fifty call. You idiot! <laughs> <laughs> I saw Fuck. no, I, I saw no, no record of that uh, in any match report oh, uh, other than yours. Can we move on? <laughs> fucking gladly. Okay, next game. All right, next game. Is that all you're going to talk about, Manly? No. I, wow. I've got, I got a lot You've to say. Changed. I'm just waiting for you to pay homage first. Oh, I thought uh, it wasn't Manly's most dominant victory, but it's an important game to keep their momentum rolling. And they did what they had to do to win, and a little bit of luck went their way. And a little bit of luck went the Canberra Raiders' way, like a lot of luck. Like there was probably about four tries that went begging in the first half. The one pass away as a direct like a result of before. Brett Stewart. <laughs> well, it was not a direct result of Brett Stewart. I mean, we had to, there was one where like Cherry bombed it. He just fucking passed it somehow up in the air, and it went and ended up going to the guy that was tackling him at the time, which is kind of strange. But um. Yeah, several opportunities that just, you know, like the, the the pass just drifted forward or, you know, the last pass went astray, things like that. And I mean, and they, were, they were carving them up at that point. And then I think they got a bit too, you know, too overconfident in doing that. And then, you know, sort of got away from, you know, actually laying the groundwork. And then when they did, you know, they steadied the ship and they uh, they won the game. Steve Mathai, absolute legend. If I were the coach of Manly... I was just saying to Matt Ballon, look, mate, you just want to sit this one out because what we're going to do is we're going to try and uh, do something here and we're going to put Matai in at hooker and the dummy half runs, he did almost three length of the field dummy half runs. You'd win 100 nil if he was a hooker every game. Just <laughs> sensational. I mean, the dude just cars him. I mean, he's such an axe. I love him so much. He's so good. I think um, Brett Stewart gets the, the nod over Dugan, not based purely on this game, but uh, for the New South Wales jersey. Oh, absolutely! Not just, just for his attacking brilliance, no, but the calmness in defence is what yeah. gets it for him. Well, I mean, sure. he's not—he's not at his, hes not up to his best that you know in attack that he was, you know, a couple of years ago before the knees. Uh, though, I mean, he's getting back to it, no doubt about it. But he's definitely not there yet. But his defence, though, and like calmness, you know, under high balls and you know picking up tricky grubbers and you know getting out in goal area—that's the sort of stuff you need. You need someone that you can trust back there that's not going to panic and you know do you know brain explosion shit that you see other other players do from time to time. Agreed. Um, Dugan didn't do a lot in this game. No, I think he was he was overshadowed by by Stewart and um, yeah didn't get that many opportunities. And unfortunately for the Raiders, they need him. They need him to be the dominant force that he's capable of being, pretty much every week if they're going to have a shot. So yeah, yeah. And now um also I want to give some credit to the Raiders though. I mean I'm not sure whether it was like some sort of master stroke that had Berrigan in there at dummy half, but um, yeah. a lot, but. They thought, actually played. He went well. They played really solid, and he gave. Um, yeah, he gave excellent service. He kept the forwards going forward, and um, and I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's not hard to get the, the Raiders forwards going forward. I mean, they've got a massive pack of fucking forwards. Mm. I mean, they should be able to roll forward, and they should be. I mean, they. And a guy with his experience is probably best place too. You know, he could read a game fairly well, and and knows yeah, when to yeah. when to thought, run, when to pass. I thought they showed a lot of life after Cat's hair, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think that they can build on on their performance in this game, and just you know get their discipline problems sorted out, which is probably a little bit of panic, because you know they were they were close to getting back in the game, and you know they're desperate to hold, you know pin Manly down in their end, and they just you know got a bit, especially with the offsides, they've got a bit enthusiastic, but you know if they can sort of put a lid on that sort of stuff, then it may not be the end of the road for them in this season. 
but it's just you know I've I've heard that Ferno um, isn't intending on putting um, Berrigan in there on a more permanent basis, and I guess that's why he's such a super coach that's on the verge of being fired every week, yeah. because motherfucker, it works. I mean, clearly, it's the best you've looked all season without Cat's hair. Um, you know, perhaps you might want to stick to that, and you know what? Maybe some stability in that with the lineup and that kind of thing. Maybe that might help your team as well. Exactly. Um, now let's have a look at what the tweet had to say. What have we got here? I'm sure there's going to be a couple. There's a lot of Canberra ones came through. Um, what have we got here? Uh, the unique 180 said, "I'm thinking that Troy 79 may explode if the Raiders lose this one, even though he has hash bet on the opposition." And how rude indeed. Uh, we got a rooster supporter said, Matai looks like he's doing the hucker when he sprints. And then, uh, it, and he's got a gigantic hashtag here. There's hash, refs don't know a double movement when it smacks them in the face. Not quite, not too sure what he's actually referring to then. And then we've got uh, uh, Troy79 has responded to that previous tweet and said, uh, nah, it's all good. This will be three losses in a row. So if our board keeps its promise, 27 more in Fern is gone. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say as well, he said, uh, Berrigan has been good. Manly's mistakes kept us in it though. Uh, SHS Mike, another crap day as a Raiders fan. And uh, what have we got here? On a blood buzz. Canberra, not as disastrous as they can be. Manly, not as clinical as they can be. Bit of a hash cripple fight in the end. Uh, SHS Mike, screw this, I'm following Toyota Cup. Uh, Tirana, 355. Manly played like crap today. We were lucky to win. I'm waiting for us to come out and put in a clinical performance. Wait till you got T-Rex and Foreign back, man. All good. Uh, Nita Beater said, I wasn't impressed with Ballon today. You couldn't see his pretty face properly under that ugly headgear. He played well, though. <laughs> I wasn't impressed with him, but he played well. But he played well, yeah. yeah. I was just, just want to see. But, I mean, he, you know, he had the headgear on. He's got to protect his lucrative lows career. So, next game on Sunday, the Sydney Roosters, 24, defeated the Newcastle Knights, 6, in front of a crowd of under 13,000 at Allianz Stadium. What have we got here for the points? The Roosters, they had tries too. Sam Perrett, Mitchell Pearce, Mitch Orbison, and Tinarau Arona. Brayton Astor, three or four on the goals. He also got a penalty as well. Newcastle Knights, their solo try came from Jared Mullen, and Wes Nagama smacked over one from one. Big story out of this game was Darius Boyd in tears after the game. Yeah, well, he was in tears at half-time. Too, oh, it was at half-time, was it? It was half-time. Half 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 I, I, I don't know when that picture circulated with Wayne, you know, consoling him and bawling his eyes out, but he was upset at half-time and after the game. So, um, I don't know if it was a personal issue or, or whether it was just a result of how the team was travelling. Um, I'm going to assume like that it's not a personal issue, so I can yeah, rag on him. I'd, I'd, I'd feel like an absolute dog if I was to slag him if he just heard like his mother died. Yeah. Remember remember when Brent Tate was crying his eyes out yeah. when he did his knee last time? You're like, oh my God, he just found out that one of his kids got eaten by yeah. a pit bull. No, 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 it was just an injury. Yeah. Cat. Darius Boyd didn't even have that. He didn't have an injury. He was just crying just to do yeah. it. He's got emotional. Um, but Watching Titanic in from chance. <laughs> <laughs> that just refutes everything I was just going to say. It's magnificent. Oh, really? No, no, it's just no, nothing I say is going to top that. <laughs> God, please, you have the floor. No, I'm just... My point was, and, and again, I'm going to assume it wasn't a personal issue, so I can rag on him. Um, if it wasn't, if it wasn't I wouldn't. Darius, tell you. Was, I he was in tears about a loss. I just, I love how he gets all emotional. Just remember when the Dragons won the premiership all those years ago, and he won the Clive Churchill Medal. 
the only emotion that he could muster up was to go, woo! Yeah, yeah exactly. Yet a loss to the Chooks, and he's reduced the tears. Yep, yep. <laughs> I like your theory. I'm Poor sure he's been watching Poor Titanic. <laughs> Poor little pedal. <laughs> and he realised, after seeing Leonardo, Darius realised that he wasn't the fucking king of the world after all. Yeah, exactly. And he realised that he had as much, as much personality as Leonardo when he slipped off the fucking... the, the a bit of debris and, uh, into the, and froze up like a popsicle. <laughs> um, let's, what can we say about the game? Minicello had a sensational game. Yeah, <laughs> hasn't he come of age again? He wants to get in the origin. He wants to get the origin. And I mean, he's got no hope. Like but good on well. him for trying. Um, well, I mean, he's not. He's not with. He's not, I wouldn't say he's without hope. I mean, you know, he did. He's done the job. You know, a lot of experience. Unless he takes up a job as a fucking silent assassin and takes out both of Brett Stewart's knees, Jared Haynes' knees, and Josh Dugan's knees, <laughs> or he could just deal with headshots. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I mean, whatever. You know what? He's he's the assassin here. Mitchell Pearce certainly uh, has has uh, cemented. His How many halfbacks maybe? are better than Mitchell Pearce at the moment? Probably Cronk, Cherry. Would you put would you put uh, would you put Reynolds in that category? Well, he's a five eight, no. Well, he's playing five eight though, isn't he? Yeah. Jeez. We're talking about Josh Reynolds, not Adam Reynolds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Adam Reynolds does fuck all for nobody. I mean, all he is is a goal kicker, man. I mean, does he ever get? Does he ever touch the ball? Talking about Adam Reynolds, you guys are talking about fucking Burt Reynolds. Does he ever touch the? Does he ever touch the ball except when he's putting it on the kicking tee? I'm not sure he does. Um, anyway, let's think about. I have to know Mitchell Pearce would probably be behind those two guys, and that'd be it. Wallace is going all right. You know, he's not going to get picked above Mitchell Pearce. Well, they were talking about it for a while, but I think now this injury stuff's yeah. come through. I don't think he's got a chance. I think Mitchell Pearce has certainly cemented his claim. And we think of New South Wales yeah. available halfbacks as I well. Mean, I mean, Kyle would probably yeah. say Robson, but I'd have to disagree with that. Certainly yeah, not Sandow. Yeah, or they, they, they get Robson in there for his combination. So Sandow's worth 550 grand a year. How much is Mitchell Pearce fucking worth? On that scale? Sweet Jesus. Probably about six million <laughs> a year, a game. <laughs> yes, he's going very, very well. Um, I think the Knights prove that they're, they're relying purely on the individual ability of guys like Gidley, Mullen, and Bedaris to get them through. But the fact that Gidley and Bedaris were injured in this game and Mullen, Mullen, Mullen I almost going Mullet, um, was probably well below his best, in my opinion. Um, it just doesn't seem to be any sign of, of the Bennett structures that he's, he's synonymous with, um, heading in you know into round ten now. Normally, a Bennett coach yeah. side you know would be taking over in the last twenty. This side fell apart, and you know you know we, we've been talking about this since the start of the season. When they lost their first game, it was like oh okay, it might take a couple of weeks. He's uh, he's got some recruitment work to do there. Um, Bennett and I don't think it's going to, obviously it's not going to happen this year he's got some work to do and I don't know who's on the market that's going to get him out of the hole yeah I think the the, the Knights well not so much the Knights but the Knights supporters need to now sit down take a deep and breath and really understand that their team is not very good this year like literally the class of players in their team is not very good but they've, like, and they're going to have to build that up I know they've got injuries at the moment but they yeah. weren't setting the world on fire prior to this exactly Darius Boyd at fullback, Uate, Gidley, Baderas, Mullen, 
They're probably and short who, some names in the forwards, I guess. But you got yeah, Snowden. I mean, and, and even when you're talking about Mullen and Baderas, I mean, you know, Baderas is like two hundred old and dirt. And Mullen is often trumpeted as being fantastic, but has never really delivered. Not consistently by any stretch. No, no. So I mean, I didn't even hesitate to put those. And Gidley, I mean, you know, Gidley. Yeah. In club level, yeah, okay, fair enough. But, but really, so it's Uate, and Boyd isn't playing well either, no. so it's Uate. He's the only good player. And got. I guess Tahu, as far as, you know, I mean, he's he's actually not going too bad in patches, but I guess they need another classy centre, and they need some, I don't know, some better ball-playing forwards, maybe? Better coach. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> anyway, let's go to Twitter. I can't argue with this. All right, so we've got at East Fan. I could have masturbated all night, but I wouldn't have been the only one with the sore willy today. <laughs> <laughs> at underscore body underscore boarding can someone tell Fluffy that touching a rooster doesn't mean he'll get germs hash doesn't want to get his hands dirty hash cranky tinkler uh, Aussie 11198 that said Newcastle hasn't worked out like you hoped Wayne I'd say Knights in decline but they've been shit since 2001 hash Bennett in decline <laughs> wow what else have we got here and then a lot of people started tweeting his pictures of Fluffy crying, which is sensational. And uh, Super Grover 4 said, he just found out Wayne's going to Bali without him for Christmas. So there's a, there's a theory on why <laughs> that could he's be it. crying. That could be it. Monday Night Foot Bitch, the South Sydney Rabbitohs 34 defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 28 at ANZ Stadium in front of a crowd of 13,281. Rabideau's points came through a tries, a hat-trick to Greg Inglis and a double to Nathan Merritt. Adam Reynolds 5 of 5 on the conversions, plus 2 from 2 penalties. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 28 points. Todd Carney, Ben Pomeroy, Colin Best, Jeff Robson, Stuart Mills tries and Carney 4 from 5 on the conversions. I think the Sharkies are coming, out, coming of age. Seems funny to say that after a loss, but they played 20 minutes or so without Paul Gallen, who was injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's since been cleared, heard a click in his knee, um, which they've since revealed was scar tissue from a previous injury to his PCL. Um, they still competed every step of the way, and I was really impressed with them. Yeah, yeah, no, they did, and they fought. I mean, like, they were out of the game, and then they fought their way right back, and, uh, I mean, their last drop was scored kind of in the last minute or something, so mm-hmm. they didn't really have time to have another crack at it, but um, still, they really did claw it back. Todd Carney, I think he's back to his best. This was his back best his, game of the season, yeah, for sure. Yeah, by sure. That sort of form is what won him the Dalian medal um, in 2010. And I tell you what, if he continues to play like that, he wouldn't back against him winning another one. <laughs> Which it means next year. Gavin Miller piss, shit. Piss up at Todd's house next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, as is his custom. History has a way of repeating itself. But yeah, I mean, this game, a lot of people were sort of going, oh, it's the best game of the season. I, was, I, was, I thought it was a great game. Very, very entertaining. It was a very entertaining game. I mean, you know, a lot of this entertainment came at the expense of defence, especially with some of the Carney's busts and his try as well early on in the piece. He just made he just made the, the rabbits look stupid oh. the way he came through. Um, just cut them to pieces. Uh, and, you know, Inglis... On his part, did the same thing the other way as well. I mean, defence was kind of thrown out the window a little bit, but um, still was an entertaining game. Inglis had a fantastic game as well. He did. Fired up just in time for Origin, as he usually does. Yeah. Although this was probably... I mean, this is one of his best club games he's ever played, I reckon. How has he not played fullback his whole life? Yeah, I mean, he did He, he did have some time at fullback for the Storm. He did. Uh, back in the day, obviously, Billy Slater. You know, the emergence of Billy Imagine Slater. Imagine if Inglis had played, had continued to play fullback and Billy yeah. Slater had been on the wing. 
Yeah, he'd be still Change riding horses. Fucking history. Yeah, he'd be still riding horses. Probably. Working for Gay. Yeah, Gay would be richer for it. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. Oh, well, you know, Wolfman wouldn't got a broken neck, and you know, Scando wouldn't have caught one in the head. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm, not, mean, I'm just saying. Prolong the careers of both those players. Exactly. Exactly. Gallon's knee on Taylor, I think, it was unfortunate, but certainly accidentally, my book. Yeah, I mean, Taylor was to blame for that. He How put, so? He put his head Holding down on there. his leg and yeah. putting his head near his knee. He put his head down there, and I mean... I'd have it die hard. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and Gallon's, yeah, he's a machine, you know? Like, you know, those pistons are going to keep pumping whether your head's there or not, mate. So, you know, just, just stay clear. There's probably a sign on there that says keep clear. I mean, yeah, Dave Taylor can't read. Well, sadly, I mean, not a lot of schools in Blackwater, I don't think. No, no. The Bunnies, I think they just had a, a touch more class across their team than the Sharkies did in this game. Um, the Sharkies will probably take a lot more out of this game in defeat than, than what the Bunnies will in victory. And I think the Sharkies will keep rolling on um, and there's bigger tests for them to come. But I was really impressed with their effort. Uh, but it was just a class of individuals in the South team. They just had more of that calibre of player across the board than what the Sharkies did. And the Sharkies had to play the last 20 minutes without one of theirs, so... Yeah, now um, that was that. Did you see the uh, the post game stuff with the press conference and what was said in the press conference? No. I mean, what was? Yeah, no, I didn't see it either. Um, I'm just curious to see, you know, what Flanagan actually thought. You know, what he had to say about the performance. If he was kind of like, you know, happy with the way that they, you know, came back and uh, okay. tried to compete. No, I did but, not yeah. see that. All right then. Well, forget I mentioned it. <laughs> Let's head over to Twitter for this game and um, a lot of Twitter action on there. What we, oh, of course, Warren Smith, this is a tweet that came up about 15 times uh, to us last night. Um, Isaac the Goose. Yes. That uh, could go up there with uh, the Monday Night Foot Bitch. I mean, those, the, you know, the Monday Night commentators, whoever they may be at whatever the era of Foxtel, they uh, they certainly... Leave a little to be desired. Know how to butcher the language. Uh, we've got NQC81. He said the judiciary have already met and declared Paul Gallen not guilty for whatever it was he allegedly did. Allegedly, <laughs> uh, we got a lot of Isaac de Gooses going on here. Um, the Chapo82 said South should be thanking the refs in this game. Hash Taylor is a cat. Um, what else have we got? The Chapo82's come up with another one. It said Robson is the new JT. Hash Robson for Origin. Interesting. And there's another... Chapo, stay off the cracko. <laughs> and uh, we're going to skip that tweet because that's just a little bit off colour. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Hendo, 33, said, What are these filthy Rabbitohs supporters booing at? Has Centrelink cut their pay rates or something? <laughs> at Rooster Supporter, what's red, green and pink all over? Dave Taylor. Uh, GT351 underscore Johns he's come out extremely angrily in this game and said am I the only one who wants to see the Sharks lose I'm sick of all this Shark love I can't wait for Carney to go on a bender at Northies oh, that's just harsh and later on when they'd lost he said something like he was celebrating the fact that they lost and said great you know, I'll, I'll get to that tweet as we go though um, what do we got here Simo underscore Ali said, time to sell Everingham before next week's buy. <laughs> he's on negative two dream team points. Yeah. I think he ended up on about 18 and Supercoach as well. And uh, he's done hash everyone but the Broncos in decline. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Cruzy sent one particularly. Cruzy 06, he's put one in for you, I believe. Uh, GI with a hat trick like good non-lotties do. OPS hashtags in decline. 
You believe that was for me? I'm not believe, 100% sure. I, I, no, 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 the jury's out, but I think so. Um, and then we had another player, uh, sorry, another uh, guy, S. Oh, fucking me, how do you pronounce that? Borolius has said, like good players do, just before Origin. The second he hit that hat trick, we started getting the good players do calls come through. And uh, as I said uh, earlier, GT351 John said, yeah, Sharks have lost. Can someone inform Northeast to expect a big one from Carney? Now South and Sharks can get off my TV, turd teams. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> and uh, we've got Mr. Hendo 33's coming through and said, uh, sure, defeat hurts. But seeing that retard in pink get run over by Dave Taylor somewhat numbs the pain. Hash, fuck you, Inglis. Ouch. And uh, then, then we've got a, a ton of tweets coming through uh, indicating that uh, one of our tweets made it on the fair point section of the post-game show. Yes. I wasn't sure which one, though. Yeah, and so if anyone because I've to, already mentioned earlier that I um, didn't watch the after the posting, and, and I didn't watch right. the posting either. So um, I'm going to assume that the tweet that I made about Paul Gallon after throwing the intercept, Paul Gallon was auditioning for the Brett Kamali All Stars. Yeah, and considering Brett Kamali was on the panel, that one probably wasn't it. Pretty sure that wouldn't have been the one. So if someone um, happened to IQ all of that and you know want to send us a screenshot or something, that would be sensational. Or if someone could just tell us what which tweet it was, just so we know, that'd be great as well. Previews for round number 10, 2012, kicks off with the match of the round, the Brisbane Broncos versus the mighty Manly Ringer Sea Eagles, Suncorp Stadium, kick off 7pm, it's going to be early, so guess what guys, especially the Brisbane people, you're not getting the live game, uh, this is delayed everywhere because it's an early kickoff given the fact that it is the Brisbane doubleheader, so the Broncos without Peter Wallace... So therefore, yeah, the, the responsibility sold. falls on Ben Hunt. He did an admirable job last time. He and Corey Norman against the Titans when Wallace was out. So um, it's not certainly not beyond them, but um, you know, the more games they have to play, the more the pressure mounts on them. And you know, top quality opposition too. So yeah, um, now Kieran Foran, not named in the side. Uh, I was under the impression that he was going to be back for this game. So that um, you know changes things a little bit. But uh, Liam Forum, he's 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 done the job, you know, fairly well. He certainly held the line anyway uh, in the absence of his brother. Uh, otherwise, Manly looking good. Just by wait for Forum to get back um, and then T-Rex to get back and they'll be good to go. I look forward to the Seagulls uh, getting soundly defeated by the Broncos and uh, all their Gronk fans that are coming up from New South Wales and various parts of Australia to, uh, to witness them play the Broncos uh, will go home unhappy and hope they have their drums and banners confiscated. Okay, so now you've said the, the part that's clearly designed to inflame people. <laughs> now you can say the, the real version. <laughs> you could tell that that was just being... <laughs> you're, you're reading that out. <laughs> oh, I'm reading it out from the official NRL team list page. Oh, I thought, I thought that was straight off the cuff, notes. bitch. It was off the cuff, was it? That hatred's it's on tap. <laughs> so... I think the Broncos will win. I don't. Oh, wow. <laughs> Manly got this. We always win in Brisbane. Broncos can suck it. Uh, they're gonna. This is the. This is the loss they had to have. <laughs> that the one, was last week. Buddy. No, no, no. That was that was just the, that was just a loss from being shit. This one's the one they had to have. This is the one where they get to test themselves against a good side for once. And not, not and yeah, yeah, the good side's under strength, but that won't matter. They'll that'll just emphasize it even more how far away oh, they are. You're already putting it. You're already putting an asterisk in there. 
We're under strength. No, oh, yeah, I don't want to put an asterisk after a win. <laughs> oh, your asterisk. Yes, it was a glorious win considering the, the, the injuries and suspensions that we've had. But no. Brett Stewart, he's going to carve up. Well, let's face it. All gonna, I mean, I How go, long before T-Rex comes back? Next week. Okay. He's back next week. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's why it's so close to the origin selections. They're like, you won't have a game in before the origin. Broncos so in be, Golden Point. Oh, there's no chance of that happening. This game is not going to be tied at the end of 80 minutes. Manly will be 13 plus. You can take it to the bank. Next. Canterbury Banks down Bulldogs versus Gold Coast Titans. Also at Suncorp. This one's going to kick off at 8.45 p.m. And once again, delayed all around. Jamal Idris finally takes a field against his former teammates after being injured in their first encounter this season. And I don't think it's going to help the Titans at all. And I think they're going to get absolutely resoundingly thumped by about 24 points. Yep, I agree 100%. And that's it's funny. It's kind of what happened last time as well. I mean, it's going to be a mirror of the Brisbane doubleheader last year. Manly going to flog the Broncos by about 20 or 30 odd points. <laughs> and then I'm going to be at the function watching on the TV like we were last year and yes. seeing the, the, the dogs just racking up a score on the Titans. Um, so, yeah, bad luck, Titans. Uh, I just think dogs are just going to be running too hot. And I, I just. I can't see a way for the Titans to win this game. And I wish for their fans that there was, but I just can't see it. Yes, I agree. They came as close to a win as they're ever going to get last week. And Jamal, interested in side, yeah, okay, there's a bit of, you know, so there's a storyline and all that sort of thing because, you know, he used to play for the dogs and stuff. But he's a fucking liability at the moment. They'd be better off if he wasn't in the side. He would say that he's not agile, Nathan. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's as agile as his a, agility is severely limited. As at agile present. as a sperm whale on <laughs> land. <laughs> I quite frankly, with his flippers nailed to the ground. Yeah, exactly, and a golf ball shoved in his blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Titans, no chance. Interesting and, analogy. And having said that, they'll probably fucking win thirteen plus. Next, move yeah, on what to what the fuck do we know? To let's move on to Saturday. Who's this wee white man who, who tips at the bottom of the table? <laughs> we'll get to that, though. Warriors versus the Sydney Roosters over at Mount Smart Stadium again in Auckland. The early game on Saturday. Both teams were impressive last week. Tough to pick a winner in this one. I think the fact that the Warriors are at home is, is enough to get them the victory, um, and they are slowly building. Uh, and they were impressive against higher-quality opposition, too. Yeah, I'd agree. Um I'll probably look for Mitchell Pearce to continue his recent good run of form, heading into probably being selected for Origin, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think the Warriors will get the win. I think so as well. I can't I can't really see uh, ways for the Roosters. I mean, they played well last week. I just don't, yeah, I just can't see a way for them to win over there. Okay, Newcastle Knights versus North Queensland Cowboys. God, that, I'd, I'd say that that would be hardly be a viewer's choice game that you'd choose but then I saw the one coming after it and yeah that is the pick of them as terrible as it is it's up at Hunter Stadium in Newcastle there's <laughs> only two games on Saturday mate. oh sorry sorry. I was looking at the next game it was a Sunday game my mistake Okay. unless so, viewers choice fucking send you into a portal where you watch a game 24 hours later yeah I was actually looking at the first Sunday game <laughs> <laughs> which you will agree when you look at the first Sunday yes. game you'll know what I was talking about <laughs> okay so for this one um, the Knights very disappointing last week. This, you know they're at home here. And if you look uh, at both both teams' last up starts, you'd have to think the Cowboys will run away with this. Cowboys by a million based on last up starts. Surely, I mean, uh, Thurston's named. I mean, even if he had a concussion, they're not going to. He's not going to let him call it a concussion. I mean, they've before skirt the concussion ruling. Um, 
as Cowboys. is the done thing in the NRL. Yeah, Cowboys, Cowboys were impressive last week against yeah. the. I mean, yes, you know the, the Dragons spent what probably a third of the game a man down, but despite that, the Cowboys were on top anyway. Yes, uh, well and truly so too. Yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, should be a pretty, pretty comprehensive win to the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah, they don't travel that great. I mean, remember the last time they were impressive up in North Queensland? They came down the next week and played the Rabbits. Yeah, and got done. They were down twenty nil in no time flat. So. There is yeah, that the Knights. Jeez, the Knights yeah. would have to be, you know, chalk and cheese to their performance last week to put there, in. There is that together. aspect. There is that aspect to the Cowboys that could happen that way. But and the I fact that Bennett will probably would have given the Knights a fair old razzin too. So yeah, yeah. Okay, now moving to Saturday, which is I'm speculating this is the Vuvuzela of the no, round we're straight on to up. Sunday now, buddy. Sunday, sorry, the Vuvuzela of the round for sure. Um, the first two o'clock game, Canberra Raiders versus the Parramatta Eels. Um, could be actually could be quite an exciting game with a load of attack because none of these guys really uh, enjoy the defence. No, based on not even based on anything the Eels done, just based on the improvement in the Raiders that the Raiders showed. And if they can play in that same way, if Berrigan gets his time uh, in at hooker, I think that um, the Raiders I think they can do it. Yeah, I think the Raiders at home will be too strong for the Eels and continue their misery. The only caveat I'll put on there is uh, the Eels. The only chance they have of winning is if. Luke Burt announces his retirement through the week. Um, and, you know, they're going to run out of players you know, to do that real quick. Maybe they can get Shackleton to do it at one some stage as well. Um, <laughs> he's not playing first grade. It's not going to have a, an yeah, effect yeah. on the first grade side. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I just see the Eels' misery continuing. And we move on to Sunday afternoon, the 3 o'clock game, the Channel 9 delayed game. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks versus Melbourne Storm. Pencil that in at the start of the season. And that's not a top-of-the-table clash, but, you know, it's, it it's up there. Is. Top team versus what are the Sharkies? Probably are the Sharkies going to be the team to break the Storms of Brun? Well, it's at their home field, the Vortex. They can put it together at Toyota Stadium. They can, they can. And I mean, I'm not sure it was their last start, but they had a full house there too. I mean, yep. literally the full house sign went up. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think the Sharks... I think the Sharks still have those errors, as we saw on Monday night. Mm-hmm. The Sharks still have those errors that can be capital, and no one capitalises on them like the Storm. No, you know, uh, so they'll defend. You're tipping the Storm. They'll defend resolutely, I'm sure, for a lot of the game. Uh, if Gallen can play the full game, you now they'll go a long way to helping the Sharks out, and certain maybe perhaps you know stemming the flow of the misery. But I think the Storm are going to do it, and I think they'll probably ultimately win comfortably. I think Todd Carney's the X factor here. As good as the Storm are defensively. If Todd Carney plays his best football, they won't have any answers for him. It's whether the other teams rally, the other players in his team rally around him to give him the support that he needs uh, to to ensure that the Sharks score enough points to get over the storm. Yeah, but then you look at the tough call. Yeah, Carney. Okay, you got Carney, and he's fantastic. Now look at the five guys before him on the lineup, <laughs> and let's compare them to Billy Slater, Matt Duffy, Dane Nielsen, Will Chambers, Justin O'Neill. None of those players are better than any of those players. And then you've got Jeff Robson up against Cooper Cronk. <laughs> When you look at it that way, forwards probably more even, even, sure. but then you still got Cameron Smith in there, you know, who absolutely trashes Isaac de Goose no matter how well he's been going. He's going to make him. He's going to turn him into Isaac de Goose. The storm. <laughs> the de Goose is going to be cooked. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go out and a limb and tip the Sharks to break the run. Based on what? Just because Melbourne, based on Melbourne my shit tipping form, and I need a couple of upsets to get me up there. So you're basing it though. So it's just really you're just throwing out a hail mary. 
No, I think they can do it. Someone's, Storm's not going to go through the comp undefeated. There's only one undefeated Asterisk Premier in this competition. That's the West Tigers. The Storm yeah, are going to lose the game eventually. And why not against why not versus Sharks at Toyota Stadium on a Sunday afternoon with Todd Carney in career best form? I guess we'll see. Monday night foot bitch. Penrith Panthers versus St. George Illawarra Dragons. A Monday night game at Centibet Stadium. They didn't get 10,000 this week. And that was on a, uh, what was that? Was that Saturday when they played? I can't remember. Mm. I've forgotten already. Um, geez. You, you couldn't tip Penrith in a month of Sundays based on the way they've been going. No. The Dragons uh, will be looking to bounce back. The Dragons got pumped and everything, but mate, there's no... Can, Dragons, can the Dragons survive without the irrepressible force of Matt Pryor? Probably about as well as the Panthers can survive without the irrepressible Michael Jennings. Yes. I mean, I just... It's, wow. It's going to get ugly for the Panthers again at home. And I just, I feel for the fans. And I feel for the... the There's not a lot of stuff to do in Penrith but go to the footy. No. And when you take going to the footy away from people in Penrith, you know what's left? Crime, Nathan. Stealing shit from other people. The world of entertainment. Well, there is... But to get money, (laughs) first you need to steal (laughs) shit from other people and sell it to other people to get money to then put into the pokies at Panthers World of Entertainment. Okay. And play a bit of aqua golf for leisure time before you go to jail. In conclusion, Dragons 13 plus. Yes. And crime rate to increase in Penrith by 45%. Poor Panthers. Episode number 86. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Facebook, hit up facebook.com forward slash this week in league. We've hit 881 likes, so we're on our way to that 1,000 like t shirt giveaway. iTunes, we got a five star review this week from someone by the name of Bees Knees who said, A great laugh. Great rugby league podcast, even if these two clowns do pick on the mighty bunnies. You need to be aware this is not suitable as driving the kids to school, but in adult company, a real treat which will break up your day, and pretty soon you'll hear yourself saying, Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Thank you very much for your input. That's a sensational review. I loved it a lot. Tipping. I'm up to 29th, but I'm only about two or three points off the top position. I'm only like two or three games out of the out of the top five. Very incredibly close competition, which is really good to see. Uh, you're in 86th position, down two places, and you're losing ground to Paraman 1973, ah, look, will, who is up to 71st. He's in 71st position. He will fall in a heap. Massive ructions at the top of the competition. Uh, we had... Of the top people, very few, none of them got a perfect round. We had a couple of perfect rounds this week, but uh, none of them from people up the top. And now we've got a tie on top with Skinny on 49 points with Andrew Smyrniotis, who was on the verge or had already dropped out of the top five. He came back with seven this week and got himself back in the mix. Nice. Third position. Well, from third through to seventh, we got a tie on 48 points, but the top five is rounded out by Whitey. Marcus and Katrina Smith. So Marcus and Katrina Smith both dropping places down. They were, I think they were tied for first. Uh, we also have three-card magic trick there in sixth, and uh, we have Langer's 38. They're all in the same amount of points, 48. So there's a big spread, only one point between you know the top seven positions. Top 86 positions, a few points. Still, well, still hope for me. I think you've got 37, perhaps. So you that puts you about... I think it's about you're about five or six behind me, which is then you know like three out of the top five or something like that. So you got a while ago. That's all right. I can do this. Fantasy. I got thousand and ninety points ish. I got a thousand sixty three. You did. I went four or five, 
and in my comps, I'm now second, first, first, fourth, first. And I would I'm have been first 11th, in that first 14th, one too. 15th, and not very much. <laughs> and the one that I'm second in, I mean, I lost the top of the top of the table clash, so one versus two undefeated team, so spewing. And it came down mostly to my fucking captain, captaining of Gallon too, and him going off. Fucking dude got about, what in raw points, he would have got about 55, I reckon, when I was expecting like 110, yeah. 115, motherfucker. You soft gallon, get back on there. Shop, we still got stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop to get on board with the good shit. We're looking at introducing some uh, special price bundles to get yourself a hat, a t-shirt and a stubby cooler. So keep an eye out for them coming up soon uh, so we can move some more merchandise and, and get some more people spreading the word. Exactly. And so we can get some new t-shirt designs in there too because... Yes. Um, so many good ideas are coming up, and we just, you know... And some avid listeners of the show that have listened since the day dot and supported us through it, you know, I mean, can't put their fucking hand in their pocket. What's wrong with this? <laughs> You'd never believe that you work in sales. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that wasn't in the manual. <laughs> now, I have my own techniques. Now, the last Shame thing. being one of them. <laughs> yeah. Now, the last thing, um, and I'm not sure if you know about this, but uh, we received a comment on the website through the week. Uh, an actual comment on the post uh, for the the episode, and um, gets emailed through to me, and uh, we got it's from Jacob, also known as uh, Robbie Farah's Lizard Lips, is what he put his name in is on the comment form, and he said, uh, my grandfather passed away yesterday. I found out via text from my brother that simply read hash Granddad in decline. <laughs> oh no way! You fucks have a lot to answer for. Granted, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> Oh. oh well, condolences on your loss, but uh, but your brother, you and your brother, your brother are fucking awesome. Oh, just sensational. Your brother, I mean, he really knows how to turn a, a negative into a positive. <laughs> if if you know, if you consider that to be a positive. <laughs> oh wow, that's magnificent. It is. So yeah, that's all we've got time for this week. <laughs> so, I don't know what to say after that. See you next week. Yeah, what a way to close it. See ya. Twill Nation. If you're into UFC, strike force, and mixed martial arts in general, make sure you listen to This Week in MMA. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TWIMMA.com. It's out every Friday morning. It's free. Get on it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.